All right, everybody. So welcome back to the podcast. We have my first episode here with a guest. It is Ryan Gay. He's a young man also in Newfoundland and has quite an interesting story that he'd like to tell us. So I figured I'd reach out to Ryan and give him uh, the most objective platform that I could so we could tell this story. And and again, it's it's very interesting. So Anyway, guys, welcome back to the Overton Anchor Podcast. My name is Travis Day, and as I said, this is Ryan Gay, and he's a fellow Newfoundlander living in St. John's, and Ryan is 18 years old now, and uh, again, we'll get into an interesting story about what Ryan's been going through in the last year or so, but I guess, first of all, Ryan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um just some common things about yourself, what you're doing in school and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, well, as Travis introduced me, 18 years old, name's Ryan. Um, I have multiple hobbies, mostly with like several like athletic activities. So like hockey, baseball, boxing, softball, et cetera. Very athletic. Um, well, very, yeah, still am athletic, but it's, I've been restricted, but we'll get into that later on uh love hockey that's like my favorite thing to do but sadly i can't do it this time so i've taken up uh the gym as my primary hobby right now so that's a big one for me um i was enrolled in memorial we'll get into that later on Uh, memorial university hey and first first year yeah first year right here in uh st john's newfoundland Right. And I was planning on taking a bit of a business slash like criminology uh, approach, just a little like general year to get um, the boots wet. So that was going on. And uh, yeah, so like future plans, I have high hopes to hopefully go in the military in a few years. And that's that's a big one for me. Uh, aside from that, no, nothing much. Just I'm very athletic. I want to join the military. And yeah, I uh, so, that's, that's me in a nutshell. So basically, this this school we're going to get into this school story, but um, this kind of sidelining and and everything you've been through in the past year has that changed your mind about what you want to do towards the military, or was that always something you wanted to do? Um, I've always had my mind kind of like on the military for sure. Like it was I wasn't thinking of it too much throughout like junior high and stuff, but like when high school hit, it was always something I had in like the back of my pocket. Um, I was planning on like going into science, but then I I kind of felt that I'd enjoyed the military more. It's a much more athletic job, and that's of course what I love to do. Right. So, so that that be... never really changed uh, with what happened the past year. Or so it's it's kind of always been a goal of mine. Good, good. So what kind of what do you want to do in the military? Any any specialty thoughts or a uh, few few specialties interest me. Um, I'm primarily interested in like technician so it'd be like you know like gun technician or anything like that around that area but that's that's just like a little idea of mine that i have i'm not not, not too sure what i'd specialize in but i know i just want to represent our country right well that that's awesome man and yeah like we said you're you're still young and you still got a lot yeah. of time to figure these things out and i guess uh with that let's let's dig into the story basically of you know you are 18 years old now but the last year of your life probably has been one of the, one yeah. of the most uh, up and down moments for sure so why don't you get into i guess let's go back as far as we can this story we're talking about here folks um 
Ryan has essentially been diagnosed with a vaccine injury. And we will get into the details of all that. Again, Ryan is 18 now, 17 when this all started. So let's let's just dig right in, Ryan, to the very beginning. Take me back to when you're considering the vaccine, what month is this, what year, and uh, just just give us a little background on why. why. Why did you want to take the vaccine? How did your family feel about it? Was this like a discussion? Let's let's just get right into all those kind of details yeah, towards right the beginning. If you want to chip in like any other questions, thoughts, just please let me know in case I miss yeah. anything. You go ahead, but, man. Um, I'm going to let you take it away here now yeah. and you you describe it from the beginning as you want to. Um, I'll take it back. Sure. Uh, all the way. I'm going to say February 2021. So that was when I'm pretty sure everyone was first hearing about the vaccines that they were going to be um, rolled out. Um, wasn't I wasn't thinking too much of it. Like I wasn't like definitely going to get it. I was, it was, I was pretty skeptical. Like I knew it was very, very rushed in, in my opinion, personally, and many others. Uh, yeah, so I, yet again, I was like very skeptical on like side effects, long-term effects, etc. So this was during this time, uh, I just put, finished playing my last hockey game. Well, to date, I still haven't played yet. <laughs> uh, so it was February and we went back into another lockdown. So here in St. John's New Flames, we were in our second, second lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And that, that one was particularly bad, you know, weeks on end of essentially not being able to do anything in the middle of winter. It was, I mean, it's yeah. just isolating times for sure. Yeah, so we're back here in the second lockdown and not much is going on, honestly. It was just like, uh, you literally locked in your house, couldn't do anything, grocery store, that's about it. Um, so yeah, that was going on. And through that time, I was kind of just looking up information about the vaccine, you know, because yet again, like I was saying, I was very skeptical of like what was in it, like how it was going to respond to like certain people's bodies, etc. Right. Like, this was when the ongoing trials were happening. Mm-hmm. So like I, I was seeing stuff popping up on like uh, certain like bit the media, but it was like very like undercover, very vague. So I, I, I suppose too, just to cut in there, um, as an athlete, um, yeah. I myself played a lot of sports and not some organized and some recreational, but I I love yeah. to play sports and I work out regularly and you know, early on, I was a bit skeptical about these things. And this was after a year of COVID, but the vaccine yeah. was a new component. So I guess just real quick, how did you feel about COVID itself, given this was about a year into the pandemic? How did you feel about that versus the vaccine? You know? Yeah. So like, like initially what I thought of COVID or like a year later? Yeah, like at that moment when the vaccine was rolling out, you know, you're you're a young, yeah. healthy athlete. What are what are you thinking about the virus itself? How what were your um, feelings? Yeah, the virus itself, like I felt like I was very confident with like my body's immune system, like so like I wasn't compromised or anything. So I, I was confident that like I could like defend myself from COVID just from like my immune system, like I'm healthy, uh very athletic, all those components. So Myself, I would, I would, I would, again, I was confident. So uh, that, that's how I was feeling. And like, yeah. COVID and how, like too much of a threat for me, I found. Right. And, and well, we know now, and, and lots yeah. of people didn't dig into the data, but I mean, data for, for someone your age who's physically fit, especially, you know, in terms of cardio and stuff too, like, you, yeah. you know, you play a lot of sports, you're young and healthy. So, um how about how about family let's just kind of set the scene about the whole thing the virus how your family felt and then also about the vaccines were were any of your family talking to you about the vaccine uh were you just kind of looking at it yourself how how did that all 
go down. Yeah, no, it, it honestly wasn't brought up too much from my family. Just the fact that like we all shared very similar opinions and like felt that it was all way it was way too rushed and that like we just kind of like get a look through these trials and see how everything's going and then like maybe down the road like I I wasn't going to get it initially, but like you know I I heard rumors of mandates being enforced around the country and then soon to be here in Canada. So I I kind of jumped on it, but I'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, like, as far as my family's points, like, we are all, like, very similar. Like, we all share the same beliefs. So, a, a little bit hesitant, wanted some more time, yeah. maybe some more information. It, it, and yeah, this was February, right? And it was, like, the way the media was putting it out. It's like, uh, yeah, like, you should get it. Like, everyone should have this vaccine. It will end COVID. Like, it, they were just, like, their message was, like, I don't know, it was intriguing, kind of. They really wanted everyone to get it, so then... It just made a big relief. Everyone's like, "Oh yes, like I'll get my vaccine. COVID's over, yay! Like we're going on to uh, live in the real world again." Right, right, but, and that—that's the hope and the dream, right? Back in yeah. February 2021, that's the dream, the golden that, that, ticket. That was the dream. That—that that, that was like the—that was the motto of like, yeah, everyone uh, who was encouraging these vaccines. It was like, you will be able to live free. Like you will not get sick. Family won't get sick. You'll be able to. Uh, spread the virus like all this going on all, all these promises but like now that you look at it like when you're looking back February 2021 you're like wow like what a bunch of propaganda and lies yeah yeah well I mean let's let's go right back even to the narrative about yeah. you know and, and rightfully so when you're talking about an introduction of a vaccine that you're protecting others Right. Yeah. That you, you take it for others sake and that this is the best public health policy and intervention possible because we want herd immunity. We, you know, these kind of words, herd immunity, protecting others, civic duty, um, these kind of things. So someone like yourself or, or even myself, you know, not so much worried about the virus for ourselves, for our own sakes. But, yeah. you know, feeling like maybe this is the right thing to do for others and you know, that kind of thing. So let's get into kind of what was the date that you were looking to actually take yours and, and how did this come about? What's your mindset around that time? Um, so this was like, as soon as I was about to go back to school, I think, I think it was April or maybe May, but this was like after the second lockdown and everything, I was getting ready to go back to school. And this is like after all the trials and everything. So now the vaccines were actually being rolled out, like the media was saying like 500,000 vaccines going to like Canada this week so like it, it was like fast approaching so I, I don't know had the I, I don't know I felt very like pressured and stuff too not by like my family or anything but just like by the government it's like oh all these vaccines are being rolled out like they have to get to use uh you have to stop the spread you have to stop that old lady across the street from uh dying and stuff like that so I was just like I was like oh wow and then um yeah, so this, yeah, yeah, it's like April, roughly April, May. Um, so obviously, yeah, like I heard the message was like going to stop the spread and everything. So I was like, hmm, I was like, I feel like that would be good. But like yet again, still very skeptical. Right. Um, yeah. So I think I actually booked it in May of 2021. So I booked that. That's because the government just released uh, a new... I guess a protocol. I don't know if it's the government directly or just the airlines. So like the airline Air Canada that I was going to go travel with to go see my 
my best friend Ottawa. Um, uh, well, I had that plan for the summer anyway. Well, right. That's what we were going to do. Well, I was just going to go away in general, like if not see him, see family elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the airlines were now requiring you have at least one dose of the vaccine because that's what everyone was getting then, just one dose. That's all you could get. Right. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I, I got to get this now. Like, I'm not going to be able to travel. I'm not going to be able to see family. I'm not going to be able to see friends. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, these side effects, like, I, like it seemed very promising because like that's the way it was being rolled out now it's like okay like the vaccine there's, there's no side effects like stopping the spread so i was like okay you know i might as well like do my part um because i was kind of feeling like a sheep <laughs> i guess you could say uh i was like okay you know what? i'll do my part i'll stop stop this spread because I, I didn't think too much of it like yet again i'm 17 years old right i don't have like the same like i guess like political views as like people like oh, i'm not as educated as like all the people with like their political views and etc like i'm not i'm not too worried about that like my mindset no. is just like go to school work out uh play sports yeah That's and and i, I mean i think people will sympathize with that because when when we really we keep drilling this home i mean you're, you're 17 at this point yeah. i mean when i was 17 i i can tell you that i was not overly conscious of world issues and, and this and that but um of course i didn't live through the pandemic at that age but again there there was certainly a pressure um almost you oh, know yeah, again i use right i use the term civic duty uh you know your responsibility yeah. it's your public health paradigm is to protect others and and that makes sense i mean it's it's an easily uh, it's an easy point to sympathize with right? You, you do want to protect the vulnerable people around you. Yeah. And so for yourself as well, there was this other, I guess, pressure that you, you had a best friend that would require you to travel to go see him. In yeah, Ottawa. the airlines had a, yeah. I guess it's like mandate. First yeah. mandate so, so you hadn't, the interesting thing is you hadn't taken it up to this point. And then this airline announcement was something that pushed it enough for you to say ah geez well i'm gonna go take it pretty much like you yeah. were you were still not overly thrilled at the idea yeah but, you know went to take it because you said well i'm not going to be able to fly to my friend and i'm also not going to be able to travel at all it seems so essentially like what i'm probing at here again and and you know this because i've had several conversations with you about it is yeah this this feeling of taking something medically for a reason that is essentially political. Um, you know, you could argue, yes, at that time, again, with the current information, it was like, okay, still take it to protect others. This is supposed to give you, you know, 95 plus percent immunity. They're very safe and effective. And our own, our own province had an ad campaign that was essentially just the easiest campaign ever. I, I hope they didn't sit around the table for too long to come up with this one, but it was just, just get it just yeah, get it, like, and, it and it was a syringe like, that you you know you see a picture of a syringe on the back of your metro bus and it says just get it and then you'd hear some endorsement from some doctor that we're supposed to completely trust that says they are safe and effective so i guess to wrap that part of it up you know i i just want to point that out that essentially what what pushed you to the point of saying okay i'll book my appointment and get it was not necessarily that anything COVID wise had changed where you no. said, you know what, I've looked at it. And even though I'm 17 and I'm an athlete and I'm healthy, I need to go get this because I could have a bad outcome. Yeah. So, right. Like, yeah. 
so like in my perspective now like i felt like very like peer pressured by like public health at this point like it's like very peer pressure it's like if, if i don't get it like i might be the reason someone dies i'm like wow yeah. like i don't i don't want that like on my hands obviously right that that is uh, a really good point to make especially like, as a that, young that, man that was how they were they were making it too like they were trying to force it they're like oh well like you know all these young people here they're like because i remember a senior report on florida it's like all these people in florida it's all the young people the teenagers 20s 30s all those people they're the ones spraying it they're the ones getting mm-hmm. my my grandmother killed um just just stuff like that so it's like it's like you feel like you have blood on your hands if you get it and you spread someone else that 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 was their like immediate message and it was just like it, it was so like cruel like now that i look back i'm like wow like you are like really trying to say that i'm gonna be responsible for someone's death because i didn't get vaccinated right so, like, right for my body yeah like it served no purpose for me like i wasn't getting it for me i was getting it to uh shut the government up and protect that lady next door like that, yeah. that's that's why i was getting and to go travel like that was the only like yeah so for me. Like, i didn't i didn't want that blood on my hands i didn't i wanted to travel uh and yeah the public health messages is just like everywhere like everywhere you see it on a corner it's like a poster it's like a, a little script on the back of a bus it's on the side of a, a building and these these vaccine clinics popping up it's it's all it's all around you like you literally can't escape it it's it's yeah. all there that's what they're just uh that's the only message they're putting out it's just vaccine 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 all right and so so basically the way that i would word this and you might not use these words yeah. but essentially you took the back the vaccine for bureaucratic reasons you, you took yeah. it for for the reasons of um i guess guilt and shame from politicians yeah. and public health officials again you this blood on your hands type of thing you know I think that's a, a good way to look at it. And it, some people might look at that and say it's harsh language. Yeah. We weren't pushing it that hard. And, and to those people, I say you, you need to think a little bit harder about that because yeah. right now to this day, even with our current data, our government is pushing just as hard. I don't know if you saw, Ryan, there was an ad recently in Newfoundland government released an ad it was a picture of a young girl baking cookies she was like licking the spatula and having a good time and you know anyway the the caption was essentially alluding to the fact that in order to keep everybody safe that young girl should be vaccinated in order to go to grandma's house right that to keep grandma safe that young girl should be vaccinated otherwise the the baking of the cookies would not happen Right. I've seen so many mixed comments on that. I've seen so many people like ripping it apart, and then people right. are like, "Like, make sure your child's vaccinated. Like, they're gonna get their their grandparents killed. They're gonna go to school. They're gonna get COVID from their right. uh, classmates. Then they're gonna go baking with uh, their nan, and then you know it might not have a good outcome. According right. to the government, yet again. And then again, you're. It, it, I guess the point here is that we're appealing now directly to children in ads. And, and I mean, even to, you know, yourself being influenced with some degree of guilt and shame as, as a teenager, yeah. you're, you're 17 years old and you're being led to feel like one of the reasons you need to take a medical intervention is because you might be the cause. You might be the reason that someone gets sick. Yeah. Right. And, is- and this, this is the, problem here and it's nice to highlight that is that again ryan ryan's healthy he's an athlete i've i've been to the gym with you ryan so uh you know we've had some good chats and and i've i've been around you enough to know that you're you're a kind-hearted young man 
but you know, you're also healthy and you want to be conscious of people around you. And, and it's much harder to pick something apart as a 17 year old, again, who's not overly involved in politics and public health. And this is a totally new experience for most people, but especially young people. I mean, you're 17, you haven't probably seen anything like this, right? So I guess, uh, I guess the point being, it's, it's shocking to me as a nurse. And again, you know yourself, Ryan, I'm on unpaid leave because I don't agree with mandates and I didn't want yeah. to take the vaccine. So here I am in, in a situation where I don't have my job. And one of the duties of my job was to uphold nursing fundamental values like informed consent and bodily yeah. autonomy and I want to ask you on that piece of informed consent, were you ever formally, I guess, consulted or told that there were risks? Was there, whether it was the nurse who gave you the shot or a doctor that talked to you about it, did anyone ever tell you that here are the possibilities and had a list for you or anything like that? No, if, if it was, it's very vague. I remember it's like, you might have, there was like a few on the bottom, like right after my shot, I was sitting down at the village just waiting. And I seen the bottom and I was like, like headache, dizziness, like for like the side effects I had, they were listed. That, that, that's the thing. It's right, like they, right. There was no, there was no claims of like, you know, like heart, like heart attacks, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like any right. like cardiac induced uh, injury or like yeah. just, just anything in general. It was mostly just like your common like cold symptoms. So it's like. Okay, I'm getting vaccinated, and yeah, I'll just get like a few like symptoms of like the flu or like stuff, stuff like that. It's like right, right or a sore arm or something, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like dead arm, like sore arm, like I'm like okay, I'm like okay, like these side effects, you know, like not not bad. Like if this is what they're telling me, like yeah, like I feel safe and confident, and like that's what I was looking at beforehand. Like after all these trials went through, I was like, okay, like you know, they probably got their stuff together. Like if people were getting like injured, you know, they probably put two and two together, fixed it. And now it, there's none. So now everyone gets it. Everyone's fine. A few side effects, maybe like again on that list. That's that's all. That's the only informed consent, and like the potential risk of like in injuries. I guess you, you couldn't say injuries. It's like a runny yeah. nose. Well, it, that was like a that was like a unicorn at that time. That was the myth that you yeah. could not speak of. That it didn't exist in in oh. some people's eyes, and I mean professionals' eyes. So I guess uh, another point to be made here is that. There, there were some degree of data. Let's, let's give some people the benefit of the doubt and say that yeah. you got back or you booked your appointment in around May that there was still, yeah. it was still early and we were still ironing some things out. We were all still learning, but nobody sat you down and said, look, I've, I saw this study or I heard of this and this is a potential in terms of a serious reaction, say myocarditis or, or yeah. blood clotting or anything like this. I mean, and, and I do believe that, you know, in these mass public health clinics, that this is not a, a total common practice, that full disclosure of all potential adverse events is, is not happening because I don't think it's possible. Almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I never had like anyone like, like I'm, well, I'm still in school at this point when I booked it. Like, it's not like anyone comes by the school or like your teachers will tell you that. Well, if your teachers tell you that, they probably get fired first of all but like no, no one comes by the school there's there's no messages it's like i don't i don't think we had propaganda in the school actually but like i feel like there were like were rumors that you had to be vaccinated or so, like stuff like that like i don't i don't know yeah or i, I guess i, I guess maybe but, just seeing the winds where they were yeah. blowing that this if if you're never getting on a plane again potentially then who knows yeah. what that means for school or 
And again, there's a part of it is like, I want to protect others around me. So um, let me ask you at this time that you're booking, because this is what, four or five months into the rollout. So again, it's fairly new, yeah. like around May. Um, it's, it's new anyway, but um, how about your peers? What does your friend group think about all this stuff, both the virus and the vaccine? What's that scene look like? Oh, uh, well, me and my friends, the virus itself, I don't know, some people had like mixed views, I guess you could say, like some of my friends were like kind of scared of like to get to their parents stuff, like, you know, just like me, like, it's like, I, you know, like back in like March 2020, I thought COVID was bad. Like I, like, but, like looking back at it now, like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but like, you know, just like for me, I feel that like I'm healthy. I don't want to like trigger anyone in the audience um, by saying like just saying my views, but that that's how I felt at the time. Like in twenty, twenty, I'm sure, pretty sure like everyone was scared. Like everyone thought it was like the plague or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, we no. we saw all those scary headlines. I yeah. I did too. I to be honest with you, I actually wrote a little short story about the situation in Italy because it was it sounded so dire to me about you know, the ventilators and you hear all these really scary stories that I, yeah. a lot of us had no idea what it was then in 2020. And then come May, 2021, you're looking at booking your appointment. So how, I guess in that moment, like how many of your friends are taking it how, or have already taken it and how are they feeling? Oh. Are they saying like, man, I don't want this either. What's that look like? Um, my family, well, my family was just kind of getting like same same reason as me, like to travel. It's like I have family away, I want to see them. Um, that was a big point for me. Uh, and my my friends, I'm pretty sure like all my friends already booked their vaccine before me. I was the last one to get it. They were all fine. Like, cause like I was just kind of like again so skeptical. And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm fine. Uh, I don't think anyone reported like any like runny nose, headache, dizziness, anything like that. Everyone was fine. They just got it. Went on. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm like the last one in the pack here. Uh, like, we all booked it like roughly the same time, but I was the last one to get it. Uh, and I think that was the same with my family as well. So my brother got it early because he was considered immunocompromised uh, as labeled by the government. But like, yeah, again, he didn't feel like he needed it. He's very active. Right. Obviously, like, the entire family is like very like healthy. So we we were just like, you know, what? like we'll get like stop the spread of people. Uh, we didn't kind of like collectively say that, but like that, that's just how like we all felt uh, to ourselves. And then like kind of if we put together, it's like, well, it really and truly like we're, we all have the same views. So, you know, I was the last one to get it. Uh, I'll kind of get into the story a little bit now. So Yeah, so I guess just to end out there before we start in, like essentially, you know, all your peers around you, your age, a lot of 17 year olds, 16, 18, they're all getting vaccinated. And uh, just before we get into your story, did any of your friends have anything really negative to say about it? Or was everything pretty much okay? And no, uh, well, for me, my friends are just like, you know, like you, like, they thought if you got it, you don't get COVID. Yeah, uh, you don't get sick, you don't spread it. So it's just like, it's just like a win win for everyone. That, that's well, that's how it looked, at least. Um, but no, like, I know, like, a lot of people my age, like, at that time, like, it wasn't even them booking their appointments. They didn't have a choice. Like, a lot of people's parents were booking it. Uh, right. So and and in your peer group, were, were there people really opposed to it? Was anybody, you know, you're hanging out with your buddies. Was anybody saying, man, I don't want this thing? Or or were there people who really wanted it, you know? 
Uh, some people, like, a lot, like, it's a lot of people, a lot of my friends, actually, and, like, people my age, I still have grandparents, so they're like, you know what, like, I'll get it for my grandparents. They didn't think anything else of it, because th- those were the major headlines, like, right. you get it, you're not going to spread it, and then, like, your grandfather, grandmother will be fine, so, like, yeah, uh, majority of my friends, they kind of got it for their grandparents and stuff like that, and I guess, like, their parents and stuff, so they didn't spread it, but they, they, not once did they, like, feel that there was like any like side effects like they weren't too skeptical about that because they're they're not too much in the media yet again like 17 years old right yeah you're not you're not diving into all that stuff only thing you care about is like going to school seeing your buddies playing sports yeah going home like playing video games stuff like that like that's that's all you care about you don't you don't turn on the news you you go on Instagram (laughs) on Snapchat there's none of that like probably for the better (laughs) yeah like there, there were no like major headlines that they seen that like really pushed them away from the vaccine it's just like you know i'll get it I move on with life. That, yeah, that was that was the view. It's a golden ticket, like we said, right? Yeah. So, um, just real quick, did any of your friends have an an adverse event? Did anybody say to you like, "Oh man, I was sick," or "This happened"? Or... Um, from the first dose, no, none of my friends had any type of adverse reactions. No one I knew in my school had any adverse reactions. Um, like, yeah, no family members, nothing. There was, there was nothing uh from what i seen so maybe right. like a few like cold like a few like runny noses maybe like headache sure yeah all right so i guess let's let's dig right in now we we talked about yeah. when you booked so when was the date where what are we looking at when you go in to get it how are you feeling and w- what does your timeline look like after that i don't know the initially i feel okay i think it was um in June 1st or maybe the last day of May but I'm, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. June 1st yeah it was like there was it was like within that like little bubble yeah um, yeah so I went in to get my vaccine there was a whole bunch of people there actually like it, it was I don't know it took me a while to get my appointment actually for it because it was so blocked up mm-hmm. uh, but I went there and there was so many people and I was saying to myself it's like wow like they have so many people here like what if someone has COVID or something like it's like <laughs> wow but then we were locked down like less than a month ago. So I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, yeah, I just go in, uh, get registered. I go through like two different compartments. Honestly, it would be all maze in there. Uh, I had to go through like two types of registration, I guess you say. Show my MCP to, to two different people. And they had like these lines just split off. You just like all merge off into different sections. It's massive. Um, yeah, no, so I go in there, uh, wait probably like 10 minutes, see nurse roll my sleeve uh she, she only like addressed me like the informant center it was just like yeah like you uh may get like a few symptoms like your arm might be sore or something like that a few days later and right. then she just put on my arm it's like hey you can just go over there wait 15 minutes and yep you know we've got good to go and they kind of just had that 15 minute uh wait time i don't know some like passed out or something like that like that yeah they, they, even they were, even like anaphylactic reaction or something yeah, that, yeah, that's something common like that. for for any needle so i guess when you're yeah. sitting in that area how, how are you feeling then no i guess probably not uh, thinking much of it no honestly i'm not but like at the same time i am i'm just like sitting around my phone just like looking around like i don't see if anyone else is like feeling sick or anything but, like everyone looked pretty good so i was i was like kind of scared that's not gonna happen but like at the same time i was just like i was like you know what? like I, I i trust i trust the doctors and stuff like that they're promoting this you know let's just let's just go with it i guess you could say 
So, yeah, my 15 minutes is up. I go home. I'm fine. Next, I got, go to the gym that day. Actually, no, I didn't go to the gym that day. Uh, I went to the gym the next day. Woke up in the morning. Go to the gym. Fine. Uh, go to school. Everything's good. Uh, that whole, I'm going to say three, three or four days for sure. But, yeah, uh, actually, I might even push it through the whole week. The whole week, I felt really good. Okay, uh, good. No, Not even like, soreness and those, like, flu-like symptoms? No. You didn't have any of that? My my arm wasn't like even sore really. It was just like that like like few hours, just like a bit dead, but it came Good. back. So I uh, guess then it's it's in the back burner. You're it's in the back of your mind like, well that's yeah. done, that's cool, and moving on, and everything's yeah, normal. It's like it's like sick. It's like you get it and you feel that relief. You're like ah oh, like perfect like life's yep. back. It's just a quick like restart like woo like March 2020 like yeah. And, it's like that thing didn't like happen. It's like, hey, well, we're on to the real world again. So, you know, uh, I, I felt really good about that. Like, because I didn't need it for my body, especially it's just for more, more so for the case of like other people. So, yeah. Right. So you're uh, feeling good then. Nothing happened and yeah. you're like a week out, roughly a week. Uh, you said you're feeling yeah. good. You're working I'm out. Rough, working out. Yeah. I'm roughly a week out. Then, like, all of a sudden, uh, I'm, it's, yeah, I was like, I don't know if it's exactly a week after, like week, week and a half. I feel like it's a week though. <laughs> like again, like the dates, like I, I have, I had it all written somewhere, but like, yeah, I don't have it like on me right now. But um, roughly past a yeah, week, we'll, I think we'll, we're we'll about ten days or so. Yeah, it could go something like that. Okay. But um, yeah. yeah, I was driving to work one day and I just felt like I was like, oh, like massive chest pain. It's like, like not like I was just driving the car and then I. Uh, haul back in the red light like i'm just waiting there and i'm just like feeling my side i'm like oh it's like i think i, think I just got like a really bad stitch or something like i, I moved might have moved too quick when i was when i was turning or something like that like or it could have been a stitch from like yeah just move, moving too quick in general before i got in my car uh or like too quick after eating or something like that yeah drinking too much water like you know like all, all those little things you can get from, like that can uh lead up to stitch and I haven't, I haven't had a stitch in a while, honestly. Like, it was probably the first time in, like, months or, like, a year. So I was like, you know, I didn't think too much of it. But, like, it was, like, a massive chest pain. It just hit me, like, out of the blue. And I was like, like, hold it. So, like, I get in the work. Uh, it's still there, but it's, like, vague, I guess you'd say. Like, I won't say it's vague. Like, it, it's still there. You feel it. And how is like, how is that? Is that centered or is it one-sided? And, and what would um, you describe the pain felt like in in the best like kind of descriptive words or whatever um so the pain it's like i'm sure like everyone knows like the feeling getting a stitch so it would mine was one-sided um Mm. but like i guess like where i was having so much pain later on it felt like it was spreading like you know what i mean but like it was still in in the center of that spot but like spreading around like it's like the radius of this the radius of it i was just spreading. so yeah no um uh, I go to work, I feel fine, like, a few minutes later, like, I still feel it, but, like, you know, it's, like, it's, like, weaning off, uh, and then after my shift, I got home, it was still there, I was, like, I was like, Wait, what? like, why is this thing still here, like, I, I wasn't in, like, too, too much pain then, but, like, yeah, it hit me again, I was, like, I was just sitting down eating, it's, like, like, oh, this is breath. hours later after your shift, you say? Yeah, this is, like, oh, an hour later, maybe, I sit down with my mom. And I was like, I was like oh, that's a bad pain. Like, oh, that's the same stitch pain I felt earlier. Like, that took a massive chest pain. She's like, you know what? Like, it could, it could, it might be from like the gym or something. Like, you know, like, like the, just a stitch. It's like, you know, like I'll book an appointment uh, in a few days. You know, if it doesn't go away. 
I mean, your bucket. And I was like, you know, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just sleep it off, see how I feel. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I wake up. I was, I was just praying that I go to sleep. It, I wake up and be gone. So yeah. I wake up next morning. Uh, still there. Yet again, like, not as bad. But it took me a while to get to sleep. It was re- really, really bad. Um, like, very, very bad. Uh, I do want to go to hospital at the same time. Because, you know, I was like, man, like, this, this is a bad stitch. Like, it might just be a long-lasting stitch. So, I uh, wake up next morning. It's, like, that similar, like, vague pain. But then it just hits me again. Like, it's 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 there. But, like, my breathing's, like, not as affected, I guess you'd say. And then I just I just shift that day. And I, I didn't go to the gym that day because it was hurting me. So sorry, I if you can hear day. my dog there, Ryan. He's decided yeah. to pick up a bone. But, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, that same the next day I had a shift and uh, same stitch pain. I was talking to my coworkers. I'm like, like I've had a stitch like for a day. Like, do you think that's normal by any means? And they're just like, oh, like you know, like it'll probably like go away later on. And like, uh, yeah. So I worked that shift and like when I was kneeling over like pick up plates and stuff, like I I really really felt it bad on my side. Uh, like it was it was like, hold on, I'll get like a little reference, like a little view here, probably like. Yeah. It was like right here, like sit like right near my abdomen kinda and then like just like below my chest kinda. Just it, it was it was like near my heart for sure. So like that that was kinda like making it a little weird just the fact that I was getting pain near my heart and stuff. Yeah, because the left and, side would be your heart, but you said there's times the pain was enough that it radiated so you couldn't really yeah. say it was right here, it's just across yeah, your like, chest. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, and this so, is the yeah. next morning, same thing, hey? Yeah, next morning, I had a shift this day. I worked that shift when I was, like, m- moving over, like, bend over to pick up plates, like, uh, clean off the table, just stuff like that. Like, it, it was hurting me. Like, I f- I'd feel, I was like, and then I'd take a breath, and then just be, like, a stitch, it hits. It's like, ah. And then I, I, I'd take a little, like, fall, I guess you'd say. Like, I wouldn't, like, literally fall, but, like, you know, I'd take a fall. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, like, I'll shake it off. You know, I'm fine. I'm tough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh yeah, I then I went home again that night, and I was like, "Mom, like I still have to stitch me. Like it, it's been like over a day, like mm-hmm. it's been well over twenty four hours. Like I, I might have to go to the doctor tomorrow, uh, if it, if it doesn't go away when I wake up. So I was like, you know, I'll give one more night. Uh, I'd say I'll be gone. So I go to bed this night, and like, oh, like it was like bad. Like I, I kept getting these massive chest pains, but like it was like slowly going away. It was just, it was like on and off. Right. Uh, I wasn't consistent by any means, but like I was trying to get sleep. And uh, I think it took me like three, four hours to even get to bed. And like, I was like, I wasn't even fully asleep. I wasn't like a deep sleep by any means. It was very light. Um, and then I woke up like two or three in the morning. And like this time, it was like burning. It was like massive, like burn. Like everything's just, I don't even know what's happening at this point. I was like, this is like five times worse than that first pain. And then that, like, I knew, I knew something was wrong. So I was like, you know what, like, I'm just getting up. I just got up, uh, put the clothes on, everything. It was like, it was just so hard to do that even. Like, I was just using one arm for the most part. Um, and are you telling you know, your mom at this point? Like, are you getting your mom or how does this kind of go on? Well, mom was asleep, so yeah. I, I, I didn't want to wake her up. It was, it was very late. Um, yeah. And my brother was at work and my brother was at work. They work night shifts, so I, I was like, you know what, like I'm not waking mom up, like I'm just gonna go to the hospital, but like I, I didn't feel like it was like too much of an emergency, like I knew it was an emergency, but, like I didn't, I didn't, didn't want to wake her up or anything, cause like no, like she she would have came and stuff, like she would have helped me 
but I, I don't I don't want to put that pressure on her and like seem like that. Yeah. So stupid me, I drive myself to the hospital. Um, parked the car, my shoelace came undone. Like it, like you know, like when you go in the hospital, like you just like reach to get your ticket and stuff yeah. like that. Like oh, like I tell you, like I I had to open my door and like walk out to get that. I couldn't. I tried reaching over and I literally thought I was gonna just collapse. Right. So so just uh, reaching I, across your window, like the parking ticket. Yeah. Was they're just making you in unbearable pain, I guess. Yeah, so um, I do that. Then my shoe comes undone, and I, I try bending over, tie it up, and like, no, like, I, I like bend over, like, it's just a little bit. Like, I, I couldn't get like the full, like, hip hinge, and it, it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have to go, like, hopefully I don't trip or anything, because like, then I'll just like be stuck, like, in the middle of the. So, was it or, pain or was it almost immobilizing? Like, you felt like you couldn't e- get immobilizing, there. immobilizing, and like massive, massive, massive chest pains. Like, I. I have never felt like such pain before in my life. Like I knew it was something wrong. Right. So and this, and just there. to, just to point out to people, this is the same guy, 17 years old. He's in good shape. He's been training with me yeah. a couple of days now. Now at this point, you know, we're, we're yeah. months after this, this is June, 2021. And just to remind everybody, we're recording this, you know, at the end of January, 2022. So this is what, let's say six months after this is all happening. So we're, we're going back here, obviously, to point this out. But Ryan is, is 17 at this point, drove himself to the hospital, is having radiating chest pain, can hardly reach his parking ticket, and then can hardly tie his own shoes. Yeah, I, I didn't even tie my shoes. I just kind of like went on like, I was just like, uh, stumbling across, like they say, praying I wouldn't fall. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I I walk into the gym and like I didn't have enough time to do my MCP or anything like that. I feel, you know, I, I didn't have time to get any of that, so I just go in like uh, I register, but like I was holding my chest, I was like, like whispering my name. I couldn't even talk. Like my like my breathing was like so bad. That that was like the main reason why I got off in the middle of the night. Yeah. Was, like my my breathing, like the stitch, like it was affecting me. Like that first day, second day at work progressively worse i woke up all night like i couldn't breathe i literally massive chest pains couldn't breathe i was like wow like i don't know what's gonna happen like, i gotta go so um i just walk in i'm like it's like seeing the walking dead it's like you walk in and like you're just like that so i go up to you're the hobbling into the jane yeah i was like hobbling in like shoes undone everything not being able to breathe um I don't know if you and what right what's your reception like getting in there like are people looking at you real concerned almost like where's your mom what's going on or or how does oh, that come about uh it was a ghost town there this is a janeway it's like this is a children's hospital um and the reception like i think i waited for a minute because you had to sit on a chair and then they had to register you and everything so like there was no one at the receptionist desk first and then i had to wait and someone seen me and then they brought me in right away because there was no one there uh, at the Janeway. So they were they were good to me. Like they were just like uh getting me talked away. Like I couldn't even like say my name. Like I my breathing was just shot. Right. Absolutely shot. And yeah, no, they they just like put me I don't even think they put me on the scale or took my height or anything. I don't think they could do that. Uh but I think they did like later on, for like two minutes later. Got yeah. Me up. yeah, just like for medication, painkiller stuff like that. So um I, I was just put in a room like right away i was like oh like why am i being put in a room like this is an emergency right after they did, like my blood pressure and stuff like that and i kind of just like 
was sitting back there, like still the same chest pain, waiting for a doctor to come in. I think it took him like like twenty minutes maybe. And then they're like, you know, we'll send you for a chest X ray. And I was like, chest X ray. I was like, I can't even lift my arms up at this point. Like I'm just like so immobile. Um, just like like everything is. Did just, you like, have your vital signs checked at this point? Like, were you triaged and the nurse did your blood pressure stuff like that? Or yeah, I was triaged. Like this is like just like just like twenty minutes after triage. Um, yeah, and you had vital signs done or no? Um, I think I had little signs on, but like they didn't do like uh too much. So the doctor came in and he just did like a quick EKG on me, like because it was like obviously chest pain near the heart. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he, he throws on stuff there, gets a good image or whatever, and then he's like, you know, I don't see too much there. And then the girl did blood work, and I think she looked at it and she's like, you know, what? like your blood looks like, uh. It looks like it's like high in like blood clots or like high percentage of blood clots, and I was like, I was like, what? I was like, blood clots. She's she's like, oh no, it's definitely not that though. Like you're 17, healthy, young. Like, why would it be that? Like that that doesn't happen. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, true. Like you're right. So um, chest X-rays done at that point. Nothing really showed up. Yeah, I don't think any, any nothing showed up whatsoever. So all they did was a chest X-ray and an EKG. And I like obviously I don't know like too too much about the medical field, so like I didn't know like what tests had to be ran, right? Just blood work, vitals. I don't even know if they did vitals. The the known ones were EKG, uh, blood work, and the chest X-ray. So yeah, um, they did those, and then they sent me. Then I had to wait actually because they're like you know it's high in uh, blood clot, so we're gonna do that. I feel like it, I think it's called VQ scan. Um, we're just like checks your lungs because like they want to see if it's blood clots or not. Mm-hmm. So there was nobody working in like the nuclear science building. Like no one's there to do the scan at this time at night. They had to call someone in, uh, and I didn't. I had to wait so long actually. Like I had to wait probably seven, six, seven hours. Like and just like. Wow, and so you're there, just to clarify again, you're there, mom has no idea, you're just drove over, this is the middle of the night, and... Yeah, I left a quick text, actually, in the family group chat before I was going, Uh, it's like, you know, I'm off hospital, stuff like that, just like, and I was like, yeah, so that's why I was was like, I'm off the hospital, like, I'll be fine, like, just the chest pain, they didn't want to, like, panic everyone. Right. So, yeah, and then I was just waiting, like, I couldn't even, like, get my phone i was so immobile um they they gave me painkillers yeah but like i was still feeling that same pain it doesn't didn't go away six seven hours just lying in that bed in the hot in the janeway um and like it wasn't even like the triage room but it was just like one of the private rooms when doctors come in and greet you yeah you're sitting there six seven hours waiting for someone to get to that nuclear science building so i could get the dq scanned so, so was there probably. anything else, Ryan, like a med given you had painkillers, but was there any talk of, I mean, were they giving you a, a blood thinner or, or anything else? Or uh, were they thinking lungs no. give you a puffer or nothing like that or steroid? Like I was like, I was like, wow, like why am I waiting? Like I, can't, I literally in my head, I'm seeing myself like I can't breathe. What am I waiting all this time for? Why is it so long for this person right. to get here for that scan? Because the scan will like determine whether it is or if it's not a blood clot. So, um, yeah, uh, I go down, I think it was like, I, I tried to go to sleep for a little bit in that room, but, um, I couldn't, so I think I finally got down to that testing room at like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. maybe, someone like, was like, hey, you know what, time to go, brought me in a wheelchair, 
wheel down. Like, I'm slinging massive chest pains. And for this test here, I had, they, um, had to put dye in me, and, like, I had to lift my arms up and go like that. So just, like, like the one of the scans there. And, right. like, it was so, so hard. Like, I had to get someone to help me, like, put my left arm up, because, like, this part of my chest here was just so, so tight. And mm -hmm. I, both my arms were up like that, like, sat back and like this this um this scan it goes like right up close to you so it's like literally like an inch away from your chest like probably not even so i was like, I was like man i just figured like this is like claustrophobic type thing but like i'm not yeah. claustrophobic so i was like that's doesn't like squat my chest i was like no <laughs> so um they did that test like six seven hours later like i had to wait so long for it again and then the i finally after that was completed um, they wheeled me back in that same room, still in, like, same pain as I was when I first went into the hospital, less than, like, when I wake up, when I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, so, uh, that happened, and then I had to wait another, like, hour, a doctor comes back, and I think she called my mom at this point, because she kept, like, the news, so they right. called my, where was on file for me, uh, they called them, because, like, I was like, yeah, like, uh, no, I didn't tell my mom I was here, like, I told her I was here on text when she was asleep but like i didn't wake her up or anything i didn't want to so um and this is probably early morning at this point now yeah right? my mom's like mom's like what when's in hospital so like she ran yeah. down there and then i think the doctor kind of like actually no she told me the information first and then broke to my parents later she's like oh yeah like uh based off the scans here we see you have uh multiple blood clots in the lungs pulmonary embolisms mm. I was just like, I was like, I, I didn't even like know what like the word, when they, they said pulmonary embolisms right away, and I was like, what's that? And then like, it's like, oh, like blood clots in the lungs. I'm like, what? Like blood clots in the lungs? Like, how? I was like, you just told me, like, healthy 17 year old, like, that does not happen. Like, that's not normal. Cause like, right. usually it's like girls who are on like birth control or anything like that. Like, that could be killed for like my age category. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, I was like, what? I was like, like, I don't, like, I don't do anything. Like, I, I don't take like you know like steroids or anything like that like i just i'm just very athletic and all that and then she's like oh like and i was like what could cause this? and like right away i wasn't mm -hmm. too sure but then when um they're wheeling back to like the triage room before they admit people uh i was like like is this the vaccine and she's like oh no like like don't don't be like that like it, it, it obviously wouldn't be like the vaccine or anything like that and this is uh, a nurse or a, a doctor this is a doctor doctor and nurse like doctors and nurses like no, like no, no, like there's no way it could be the vaccine or anything like that. And I was like, you know, like I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it, but I'm still skeptical. Like yet again, like I still can't like breathe and anything. Uh, yeah. I think. And so again, it's it's early on, and I don't know yeah. again how many exposures to something like this a nurse or a doctor has had in acute yeah. care or in the Jane way. But uh, I guess based on what you've just said. Uh, pretty dismissive about the cause although not granting you any other cause that says well maybe yeah, it was from this I, I was asking i was like what caused this like what like what do you think caused this didn't tell me anything so i, I was just like trying to like push some buttons basically say i was like so like is this a vaccine she's like oh no like she immediately dismissed it and like it, it sounded very fishy like in on my end i was like i was like, I feel like she's lying like how, how does she know that she didn't look through anything she just looked through the scan yeah yeah so um right away like when they found out then they injected me with blood thinners um and i was admitted probably like six seven hours later i was waiting in that little triage room with my parents um right. yes like yeah i'm still in mass pain like it's like 
same chest pain. It's probably gone down a little bit after uh, Blood Thinner and like I was whacked off painkillers. Yeah, like, it went. It rolled right back into my back and stuff like that. Uh, for like I didn't get a shower that night. Like I literally couldn't get up. So I think like the second day after I woke up, I might have got like two or three hours of sleep. Maybe, maybe I don't even know if I slept. Yeah. Um, but the nurse had to come in every morning and check me with blood thinners, take my blood work, check my vitals, all that. So. And are are they giving day. you any more feedback throughout all this? Like you're getting uh, no, blood blood thinner that. injections, subcutaneous, I guess, and you're yeah. probably still getting some pain meds, but you're having off non pains as well. So it's are, are they you know kind of how are they treating you and what are they saying at this time? I mean, um, well, they're treating me with the blood thinners really, and like everyone, like I guess like the nurses there were awesome. They were really good to me. Uh, really like. Uh, kind respectful all that good. and caring so I, I gotta give a big shout out to them there um, yeah the so yeah no everyone was really like they're just kind of like giving me like more pain meds and stuff like the doctors were telling them and stuff but like no i didn't hear too much from anyone just like someone come in check me every like i want to say a couple minutes but like you know every like 30 minutes an hour right um give like i, I don't know i was getting my blood work done like twice a day blood thinners twice a day so yeah i was up like vast majority of 24 hour period because i had to be up at like 6 a.m i think it was like six at night and it was like 8 a.m 8 p.m it was all over the place like i like had no time for sleep and are you yeah. walking and stuff or are you just oh no I'm, I'm absolutely bed right there like i i didn't move from that triage bed i was wheelchair right on in i could mm. not move i literally cannot move my body i was just sitting there back like that looking up at that tv watching yeah. stanley, i was watching the stanley cup playoffs so that's like one well, at least practice. at least you had that <laughs> yeah at least i had that at least so uh, is, that, is mom there with you all the time like kind of just paint yeah. the whole hospital scene like how how long were you in there and what did each day look like as you're recovering from that yeah um each day like i want to say like uh it progressed a little i guess you could say but they, the doctors just wanted to see how comfortable I can get on this new medication before they could let me go. And they wanted to show me how to obviously like inject it into myself. Mm-hmm. So that was like the whole process. And they also had to keep me check vitals and stuff. But, um, you know, the whole recovery part, like it, it took a while for me to even like walk. Like I like forced myself to walk on like the third day. Yeah. Get, get a shower. And like that, that was really, really hard. I mean, I was like, wow. I was like this, like, like a little blood clot to my lungs. Like, could do all this to me like can't come make me not move and everything so i was like i don't know I, that was it was very scary because i was like like what if it like spreads or anything like that like i wasn't trying to yeah like, and, and are you thinking about like kind of your future i mean you're an athlete are you wondering like okay is this a quick two weeks or is it like am i getting back yeah. on the ice in a couple months or yeah, you know, uh, what's going through your head there no like obviously like they they weren't saying too much about like that so i was like can i continue sports on both winners and one of the doctors was like like yeah like you said you like you're interested in baseball and stuff like that you could probably do baseball and i was like baseball and both and it was like because they told me like if i get hit in the head like they can't help me like you have to come right to the oh hospital. yeah that... if, you, if you if you bleed like you know you might might be able to help yourself there just like hold on it for a while but you might bleed for a bit longer but it's like like anything up here like no like you gotta no, get that's the that's the thing you can fall and scrape a knee and i mean you might go through a lot of tissues a lot of blood but I mean, you get a hematoma to your head, you get a softball to the head or a hockey yeah. puck. 
or a big uh, check and you hit your head or something, right? Yeah. So big like, difference. So. Yeah. Uh, so they broke the news to me probably like a few days later. I was like, like, when can I play sports? When can I continue to go into the gym? Uh, all that. And they're like, oh, like usually, like, you know, this process could be like weeks, but like usually like three months tops. Like w- once this three months hits, like you'll be back to your sports, you'll be back to everything. But like, and then, I, and then like, I was still questioning. So I was like, like, what causes? Like, do you know? And then two doctors in, in my room there and then, um, like, y'all, we still don't know. Like, you know, we're going to have to get genetic testing done, see if you have a family history of this. And like, they were asking my mom. So they were questioning my mom like crazy. Like, yeah, like who in your family, like, has any history of blood clots like all that and my mom's like no one like no one in our family has ever had a blood clot in their lungs anywhere just right. it's just not in the family genes or like whatever it's it's not it's not in our history yeah um yeah so just kind of went off of that and then i was i at first i was, thought i was gonna miss my graduation it's like it was kind of near my graduation when i was gonna uh when i was in the hospital so i got out the day before my graduation but i was in hospital for over a week and like that sucked the whole recovery part like even on my grad day like it was still so hard to walk and everything like i still felt pain right like i was still i was still on these painkillers they were giving me um and that but like i still i slowly just like weaned off that and i I felt much better probably like how how far out is this are we looking at like grad is is like a week and a half after i got admitted like i'm here at my graduation Right. And like it's it's very hard like it's draining like i had n- no energy whatsoever for at least oh, a month month and a half like my energy levels just plummeted right uh and i was i was having find a really hard time like mentally physically all that couldn't do everything i wanted to do i couldn't go to the gym for a while so and then probably like a month after i'll just recap so yeah. like that month went pretty good got to my graduation i was happy about that but like I didn't get to go in the grad trip with my friends because my doctor's like, you know, you can't go. You hit your head. You're done. Uh, and I was like, you know, okay. And then I couldn't play my sports, anything like that. So it it was like, I guess it's like it was kind of depressing, you know, because like I couldn't I couldn't do everything. Like I couldn't go out and play pick up game basketball with my friends. Couldn't mm-hmm. go play uh, like frisbee or anything like that. Like I was just pretty much like bed road for like I want to say good during the summer, but like I'd get out. Like I go for like drives with my friends and. Like, I couldn't even, like, go on the water at the beach, like, in case I pricked myself with a rock or anything. So, like, I was very restricted, yeah. and, like, that really affected me. So, so summer. I guess to, to recap here, we're talking 10 days, roughly, you start to have this effect. You had a good week after the vaccine, but... Yeah, um, like, perfect, like, the week after. Yeah, and, like, but was, day like, 10 or... Yeah, yeah, we're looking at day 10, day 11. Ma- massive, massive 12, chest pain. Like, never felt in my yeah. life. And then hospital admission about 12 days to two weeks after the vaccine. Um, a lot yeah. of dismissal of the cause oh, and that kind so of thing. And thankfully, like you said, you got good care. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, but yeah. but I guess what, what shocks me now is, you know, just imagining your 17-year-old athlete who wants to enjoy your summer. I mean, it's one thing to think about lockdowns and things like that in the winter and we're you know, we had been dealing with COVID at that point, then it's June 2021. So it's a year and a half. Um, You're wanting to enjoy your summer because all of our summers didn't look all that great the year before they were different. 
And now because you've taken this, again, this made this decision, taken this vaccine mainly for others and mainly for reasons of avoidance of government restrictions for yeah. you on, on flying yeah, and course, not being able to travel, see your yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, what, what really bothers me is it feels like not the right reason, you know, like, yeah. because to me, if you said, look, Travis, I took the vaccine because I thought maybe I would need it. And the off chance that I did have, I was one of those kids who had a bad reaction type thing, you know, to the virus, then sure. It's like, okay, you took it because you need it. That's the definition of, yeah. you know, uh, your your own informed consent and, and your own autonomy to make your own decisions. But this was, you know, pressured at least. Oh, it was it so pressured. Obviously. Yeah, I, like, I had no yeah. choice. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily forced to the degree because you'll hear these arguments nowadays from people saying, um, yeah, it, well, rights versus privileges. And, you know, you don't have the right to harm others or put them at risk by not being vaccinated. And I think now you and I both know, Ryan, that fully vaccinated people are spreading the virus anyway. Yeah, spreading like crazy. Like the transmission rates are like. Well, in like my views, like they're the same, but like you know, like other like scientists might say otherwise. But right. like, how are they spreading it? Like, there's like rapid spreaders too. Like, right. Nowadays. Well, it it the worst part is where we're at right now, recording this. Um, you know, yeah. we have passports and we have mandates, mandates and mask mandates, and I'm not allowed to return to my job because I'm considered too much of yes, a danger. Like, you can't even right. get like EI or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's not I can't eligible. get EI. It's it's all of this for one medical decision. And again, yep. you know, even if I were to take it tomorrow, I know that I can still spread it. And I know that outbreaks are happening despite our vaccine passports and our mandates. Right. And, and this is the problem. It's, it's, we're acting as though the unvaccinated are a unique danger. Oh, yeah. and People if, are like, they should be barred from everything. Like they're the problem. Like, like, look at yourself, like, really, like look at it look at the global vaccination rates like look at the vaccination rates in canada like i'm i'm pretty i'm like almost certain they're above 90 percent. i could be wrong yeah in, like, in our province they are yeah. eligible is yeah, above 90 percent. so we're oh, a very well. vaccinated place <laughs> yeah and you like know? we were getting like like upwards like 600 plus 500 plus cases like a day like a few weeks ago and like that's like pretty big for like our capita and stuff like that right so, yeah yeah so we're we're like, currently I, sorry go ahead I don't know. I know it's like like buddies of mine, like they got COVID like during that big like outbreak from this the new like Omicron variant, right? And, and fully they, they vaccinated, all, all, fully va like uh, fully vaccinated. Yeah, like no boost or anything, but like they were yeah. fine. They're like, wow, like this is like this is literally nothing. Why is this so hyped up? Stuff he yeah. knows. That's it. Yeah, they, and, they were all asymptomatic. And and some people it might not be, but again, you're talking 17, 18 year olds yeah. that are also vaccinated. So like, we could we could make the argument that the vaccine reduces your own severity of illness, exactly, but yeah, typically exactly. vaccines are supposed to stop transmission. Yeah. That's why we've seen these ads about, you know, you take it to protect like grandma. Yeah. And, yeah, it's exactly. You so know. It's like those ads like that. It's like they're just peer pressuring you into that. Like they're making like, like I said earlier, it's like you have blood on your hands. Um, right, right. That's like Sorry. they're view and their perspective just the way they're trying to manipulate you into getting it like and that. even now when we know that that's not the case like it, yeah. it's different again when you can go back in time and pick a time where okay we don't have enough information we just don't know these things and to make those statements they sounded outrageous but now yeah. here we are and and newfoundland has had 
exponential increases in cases despite mass mandates, vaccine mandates, and passports, and a 93% eligible vaccination rate. And yeah. here we are still doing these things. And even our death rates are climbing. We're just the other day, I don't know if you like this kind of phrasing, it just changes how you understand it. Like the other day, Peter Cowan of CBC put out a tweet, and this was what he said that when you when you put it in this context, it's pretty shocking that in the initial 453 days of the pandemic, Newfoundland, again, it's a small province, Newfoundland had seven deaths. So 453 days, we had seven people die tragically. Every death is tragic. But on January 26th and 27th of this year, 2022, two days, we also tallied seven deaths, yeah. right? So we've hit this 93% vaccination, vaccination rate. rate. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not going to say any more about that because we're not going to draw any conclusions. There's some correlations and stuff like that. But I think ultimately, I guess what I'm saying here is, is you know now enough to, to know that anybody could spread it right? Yeah. Hospitalizations and deaths, put that aside. We know anybody can spread it. So th these mandates and things are, are just horrible that this is going on. Um, but I mean, take me through the next few years or sorry, few months, few months that, yeah. that you have to deal with, you yeah, know, like so you're, you're recovering. Yeah. You're recovering through the summer. You're on blood thinners. You have to yeah. completely change your way of life because of this decision. It uh, is altered. I'm so restricted. Summer. So, so restricted. Like, it's like yeah. it's summer. You're 17 years old. Like, you want to, like, live life. You want to go with your buddies. You want to play sports. You want to play that game. Pick up basketball. You want to go to the beach. It's like, wow. Like, I can do maybe one of those things. Everything else is like, my friends ask me to go. And I'm like, you know, like, I, I would. I can't because my health's at risk when I'm on this medication. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's hard for a 17 year old. I mean, I think we all can relate back to that. No matter what age you are, just think about being 17 and having to make decisions yeah. that are wise and smart for your health. Because ultimately, one slip up, one if you fall and hit your head playing that game of basketball or get an elbow, you, you could literally bleed out and die. Like that is what you face this summer. And yeah, this was terrible. this was the second problem, because first of all, you had an illness that put you in hospital, a reaction or whatever we're going to call it. Yeah, um, but they weren't labeling that. They were just dismissing it like instantly. Like I didn't find right. the adverse reaction out till later. Exactly. We'll get, we'll get yeah. Right. So you you had this horrible, uh, you know, a good first week. Then you had three or yeah. four horrible days. Then you're in hospital, and then you're recovering. You could hardly walk. You couldn't tie your like, shoes. I'm, I'm still getting like in and out pain too. It's like it'll hit me one day, next day gone. It's like it, it's very like inconsistent. But um, it, it was still happening. Like I was still getting those like those odd like little chest pains, but like nothing bad enough. That I was like, okay, you know, I have to go back to hospital because they told me right. like you're on blood thinners, you should be fine. Like you shouldn't be getting any more pains or anything like that. Right. Uh, but like you know, come back if you get any damage to your head. Like I'll actually backtrack here for a second. Yeah. Uh, when I was first getting admitted, like when I was being rolled into the room in the hospital bed, one of the nurses like picks up my bed and everything. Uh, he's like, he's like, really, like seventeen year old blood clots, healthy. He's like, he's like, I, I haven't seen anyone like your age, like anyone, anyone in the Janeway period, any male, who's been in here for blood clots. This is this is a nurse, and like, mm -hmm. he was literally, he was like fifty years old. Like he's like, yeah, I've been Janeway for twenty plus years. I have not seen a male under eighteen here with blood clots, like any type of blood clots, not just polymyelisms, 
uh, actually probably could seeing like blood clots from like injuries and stuff like that, but like mm-hmm. no one like admitted or like any like severe type right. of blood clots. Like, or I, or I had, what? Like, uh, I guess in your situation, what would seem spontaneous? He, he was he was literally in shock, and I was like, yeah. I was like, wow, it's like I don't really thought that way. He's like, yeah, like I seen like like a few females here, uh, like my age, from like you know like uh, certain medication and stuff like that. Yeah, but like like a male, a healthy male your age, like no, it's like it's like how he's like. He 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 was questioning that and like that that's what kind of like hit me. I was like, like yeah, I was like I have no clue. Like, um, like I tried asking the doctor about the vaccine and she instantly dismissed it. Like I was telling him that too. We're kind of chat chit chatting away. Uh, so that was one good conversation I had with the nurses there. And like I got back check a little bit again. Yeah. When I was um in the hospital bed asking the doctor probably like a week later. I was like, so like do you know what causes this yet? Like, so, you know, like I'm very skeptical. Like I I want to know so I can prevent this from happening again. And then, um, yeah, I think there was a nutritionist in my room. Cause, like, she wanted to, like, go over my diet and see what I was taking, see mm-hmm. what could potentially cause it. Yeah. And, like, I'll still order my supp- like, supplements. Like, supplements for me, like, it was, like, vitamin D. That's all I was saying. I, I don't take pre-workout. I don't take anything like that at the gym. Yeah. Uh, I was taking vitamin D. And she's like, you know, like, that, that could be a factor in uh, causing blood clots. I was like, vitamin D? Like, like, oh, like you're really going to blame that? Like, I've been taking that my whole life. Uh... You're, you're, you're going to try and, like, not my whole life, but, like, you know, like, since I was, like, 15, 16, and you're gonna try and blame that on like causing blood clots. I was like, really? Right. Like, right. So, like, yeah, you can't you can't take that for a while. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I won't take it. See how it goes. Like, I, I, I think it's a bit of uh, what we call now it's like cognitive dissonance, where you want yeah. to, you know, you and and there's another term like Occam's razor, uh, basically the simplest explanation, right? Like, what's the variable that changed in your life in the last 10, 11 days, and you're like, well. <laughs> yeah she was just kind of like throwing it as a factor like she wasn't like definitely saying but like she, i was like wasn't like why would you like like not that, like why would you say that but like i don't know how you can like think of that cause yeah how it, yeah it's like it's well, absurd like, look at what i had the past 10 days like i had this vaccine like why aren't you guys like stressing that they were stressing the genetic testing and my diet mm. and my diet's like tip top like i don't i don't eat shit. like i don't eat out i don't like yeah. not whatsoever um and like well, again and then it's too it's a bit of a confirmation bias it's wanting to find some other explanation yeah. no matter what it is because we don't yeah. want to come to grips with the fact that it and was they, this they asked thing. me if i got covid during the last lockdown and i was like no like, oh I, okay I, so then the next thing was well COVID. Yeah, yeah the next thing was possibly the virus because now there is the virus can actually cause these things right like a normal treatment for the virus yeah. if you had it could be blood thinners or something because there is that risk but it's a lower risk. And, and we know that now uh, with young males and stuff like that, there is even a risk, some small degree of risk of myocarditis from the natural virus infection. Yeah. But typically, I mean, people your age, especially healthy athletes, don't have much issues. And and you didn't have any flu-like symptoms. I yeah. mean, you weren't going through this. It, it was just one variable essentially changed in your life. And again, we it's there's one thing to just come right out and say like that's what happened but when everybody's denying it and it's the only variable right and it and it's led you to having such a difficult summer i mean you know you're you're 17 trying to enjoy your summer you can't even play sports and you're an athlete or you you can't even really go like swimming like you said on a beach or something you cut yourself and it's just like you know you're just gonna bleed so yeah, uh, I guess take us forward a bit. Like, when yeah. is the next time I'll, you have I'll, an issue, or where does this go sure. from there? I just want to like, uh, really trying to put emphasis on like the recovering process and like what that felt like. 
but like the next like few moments i'll try and like speed up a little bit so everyone can get like a good image because like i really want to focus on like that that week like what happened like that two weeks span yeah but then like you know like the summer everything is like fairly fine i'm very restricted yet again uh i go back to yeah so it's actually planning on what well, i was already registered to go into my first semester of university here uh at memorial and i was just planning on doing like i don't know at first it's like like a bit of science like a bit of everything like science business criminology all that uh yeah so i go into school and like now i think i'm like a week into like vaccine mandates at martin and i was like i was like no way that applies for me like my doctors told me i can't get this and i think the same week i got my you know actually no yeah same week or in august i got my genetic testing back all came back negative i'll touch on that first because i kind of went too far ahead yeah but um my doctor actually informed me that it was not genetic testing they looked through my scans everything like call doctors from away and uh they were like trying to dismiss it obviously from the vaccine like i, I was so pushing I, I i had a funny feeling and she's like, well, it wasn't anything in genetic testing. And, like, we looked at the, like, the type of clot that formed. And it, it looks it looks similar to the ones of others who are experiencing um, blood clots and stuff like that. After and the vaccine or, after, or the after, virus? After the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. After the vaccine. Okay. And she's like, yeah, so, like, we can't, like, directly pinpoint it. But, like, you know, I, it it is. Like, like, like they were, like, so it was not nonchalant. Like, they, like, they were telling me it is the same one. Mm-hmm. and they're like they don't want to pinpoint it but like and then after they did like more testing and they further found out and they they actually had to write it on documentation so that was like okay so they uh, so what what point in the year now um you know again june is when you're going through all this stuff so what point is yeah. this kind of meeting and this summary and doing a report and being told this, this thing this is yeah this is like late august september like i was being told that it was not um there was, there was no genetic, uh, like, I guess anything came back positive for it being within mm-hmm. my genetics. So then they like later on told me, like, I literally had a doctor whisper into my ear with some vaccine like that. That's like just so low. So you, I, you I, had a doctor in the Jane way that essentially like, you know, hush, hush, like, Hey Ryan, uh, you know, yeah, this like, is... it was like, I, I was really like disgusted. Like I, I like, I, I respect those doctors a lot for like help me and stuff like that. But like, like you whisper that in my ear and like the doctor and the emerge when I asked, she shut me down right away. And like, now I'm hearing this and I'm like, I feel like going right back to and be like, like, look, yeah. like, like they couldn't tell me that right away, obviously. Right. Like, so it to na- me, now I was like, I was like, like, wow, like you with this, like to me and stuff like that. I was like, I wonder how many kids are out there like with adverse reactions. And they're just like telling them like, Oh, you fell. Like you must've hit like this part in your body, like mm-hmm. caused a reaction. Like, like that's the depending thing, on, on what doctor they're going to get, right? Like, yeah, depending like, on one doctor yeah. tells you in whispers in your ear because they know it's a hush hush issue mm-hmm. where her, her, his or her colleagues probably are out in the next room. And if they hear you hear him or her say to you that they think it's a vaccine injury, they'll freak yeah. out. Like it's, it's such a conflated and, and polarizing issue that you've got to have a doctor whisper to you about it. Meanwhile, the other doctors are saying, Oh my God, no, no, it's, it can't yeah. be that they they're in denial of it. Yeah. Everyone was in denial of it. And like, at this point I was just like, I was like, like wow, like, I don't, I don't, I can't even, can't even like believe this. So like, I was obviously in like a big shock when I found that out and I don't know, like I, they told me I couldn't get the second dose or anything, but like the funny part is 
I was reported as an adverse reaction back in June. Yeah. Like this is the thing. I was I was reported and I wasn't even I wasn't made aware of that. Like I was gonna, I got a phone call from like public health or something like just asking me like some types of symptoms and like when I was in hospital and stuff like that. But like never nothing mentioned of like the vaccine or anything. It, it was very it was very hidden, I'm gonna say. I didn't find mm-hmm. out it was portable at as an adverse reaction until like August, September. I'm like, I'm like, like yeah. what? Like it was reported. So, so in June, th- in June, <laughs> you didn't have the doctor whispering to you. You didn't even know that you were being reported to essentially what is our adverse event reporting system, which is yeah. way less uh, public knowledge and sophisticated than the U S <laughs> system, the VAERS system. So mm-hmm. months later, you're finding out, okay, I was an official adverse event report. Yeah. And I was like, you've got other doctors that still are saying, oh, no, no. So, yeah. you know, you've got doctors that are in denial, despite the fact that the report was filed, they're still in denial. But did did any doctor or nurse that ever denied that theory, did did any of them ever offer you any other explanation? Like, it was right. like, right. So they had nutri- no option. nutritionist trying to tell me it was like my vitamin D. I'm like, no, like. <laughs> That's so shit. Like, so, no, so no other explanation, no other option. No. Healthy 17-year-old. I've I've been with you. I've trained with you. You are in yeah. good shape, my man, for 18-year-old now. And yeah. they're telling you that, oh, well, it might be your diet or your vitamin D. But you got one doctor whispering in your ear telling you it was probably the vaccine yeah, or months it was. Late, like months, months later. Like months later, all, you're, then, you're unaware then, that that's even filed. Yeah. And then when, the, when these... um mon mandates were coming out too like you had to have the vaccine to go on campus university i I was like like so like triggered by that i was like no way like no way they're not gonna let me on campus like because i don't have two doses Mm -hmm. i was like just like no way like i have to get my exemption and everything filled out so at this point in here like i get the doctor to fill it out and they literally had to write it like i can't get my second dose because of my adverse reaction they literally i have documentation of that and that that's after that meeting, when they told me it wasn't genetic testing, and they like legally had to write this down, there there was no way out of it. Like that's there and then. That's when I found it. And found so, out. what what is exactly is your exemption? Is it referencing direct like adverse reaction was, because this happened, like pulmonary embolisms, or how does that look in at this point in time? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was for the school. Obviously, they had to get it, so I sent it to them, and it was just, just kind of like labeled. It was like to like Memorial University, Newfoundland, and it was like Janeway, like thrombosis clinic, and it was just like uh, Ryan received his first dose and suffered an adverse reaction a week after. And it, do they COVID. go into specifics, or or they just um, say he suffered a severe reaction? He's exempt from the second shot. I feel like I have it here on. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ryan was diagnosed with the pulmonary embolism, uh, following his first dose of the COVID vaccine, um, and then it was like, yeah, it goes on and on. It's like due to like the extent of the time, Ryan cannot receive second dose of his vaccine. So right. So okay. So fairly part. general. So that goes to Mon, um, yeah. and and let's let's just talk about that and try to wrap up that kind of a shit show that you had to go through for lack of a better word there so they this is a hematologist that is sending this to mine yeah. this oh, is so uh, well she, she gave me the letter and mm-hmm. then i had to send to mine she they wrote me letters so i i later on I had to send this to school it all went through pretty good as i thought 
And then I get like emails and like phone calls like a few days later. I'm like after I already sent it. And it's just like these committees from month. Like this first committee, the student life committee, they were like, um, you have to switch your classes from in person to online. And I only had one per one in person class because I couldn't I wasn't didn't have access to the other ones um in person. Like I had to go I had two online, one in person. No, three online, one person because again, like there wasn't much in person at Memorial at this time. Yeah. Still very restricted, all the COVID stuff. So I had one class in person and they were like I they were emailing me saying I had to switch it by midnight or I would face consequences. Like I'm I'm here with an and, example. And that's how it's worded to you? Emailing me. Yeah. Emailing me on the phone with me. Uh we talk on the phone. She's like, Yeah, like you're gonna switch your classes, like, you know, for the safety of the other students. I'm like, oh, safety of other students. Just because, like, I have one dose of the vaccine and I have an exemption. They have my exemption on yeah. the file at this point. Yeah. They know I'm exempt. They know my story. They know yeah. the whole case. Um, and they're just they're literally discriminating me. But, like, I didn't think too much of it at this time, of course. Like, I was like, like no, like, I'm like I'm staying in person. That's where I want to be. That's where I yeah. feel like my education is thriving and stuff like that. That's where, like, my mental state is able to be, like, put in the works. Like, I don't know. Like, that's where I want to be in person learning. Yeah. So... I I didn't I did not switch online because like they were something like as outlined by the dean and stuff like that and I was like like they got the dean on this and everything I was like you know like it, it's very threatening and like discriminating but like you know what? I just stayed in person kind of went on semester uh no one really contacted me after that but like yet again that like one week phase it was just like two or three different committees contacting me. And like threatening me and saying I have to switch my classes and stuff. And I'm so like, how no. did that resolve? Like when you said, like I just sent you a specialist letter. This is legit. I am not receiving that second shot. And if you don't let me back on class, then you're you're essentially saying that not only are you not accepting unvaccinated students because they're a danger, but you're you're not going to accept yeah. me as a it single depends. vaccination student who's you just had your summer ruined and you were you could have died i mean if you if yeah. you had a, a hit your head or if you did try to go out and enjoy your summer and do something i mean you literally could have died and now you got to face someone saying that there's going to be consequences because you shouldn't be allowed to sit in a classroom yeah like um no it, it was it was literally crazy i didn't think too much of it yet again i just want to get my education out of the way um yeah, so I think it was like that was within the within this week as well, because I was about roughly a month in the semester, and it's pretty late because like they were trying to get me to change my classes and everything. Yeah. I would have felt so far behind. Like it was only one class that was so fell far behind because it would have been a different teacher, different uh, material, stuff like that. And like roughly around this time as well, um, I'm gonna say like a few days prior, I took a massive chest pain yet again, like massive chest pain. I knew um what it was no i felt same one back in june and this is like hospital. september now we're looking at it. This, this this is um so i had a september appointment three month follow-up because they were trying to get me off my medication and like i literally could have got off my medication there and then but i didn't feel comfortable i was like i'm still getting like i'm not chest pains so like it was like entirely and entitled it was like my decision to yeah. make the doctor was talking over me and i was like like i don't feel comfortable like getting off it yet stay on it because like, I, I really didn't like I thought something else was gonna happen to me if I was gonna get, like more blood clots or something so yeah that went on um and I had that appointment and it was the 20 28th 29th, but like it was like a day day before my birthday 
And uh, I was like, yes, like when I turn 18, like if I have to come back here, like are you guys transferring me over? What's happening with that? They're like, oh, like no, no, no worries. Like um, when you come here, like you go to the ER, even when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, they're like, we don't care. You're still under our care. You're getting our care at this facility. And I was like, okay, like perfect. Like I don't want to like go to health science having to wait 16 hours to get uh, health care or anything like that. So, like, I, I was obviously happy about that. It was a good appointment, but, like, I was still on medications. I couldn't play sports. Like, that was the only downside. And um, two days later, like I was saying, I took a massive chest pain after this appointment. I go to the Janeway, and I am telling the receptionist, I was like, yeah, like, I have my exemption. You look at my file, everything like that. Like, I'm still allowed to come here. I'm under the, the clinic. And she's like, no, like, you have to leave. You have to leave. You, we, I, I'm not seeing anything here. So, like, I don't know, I don't even know what happened, but I think the doctor, like, reported it late on my file because, like, my birthday switched and everything, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm not too, too sure what happened there. And I was literally, literally, like, I was kicked out of the hospital with massive chest pain, same one I had in June, kicked, kicked out, like, for, forced to leave a hospital for healthcare. I couldn't breathe. I and and this is breathe. like just to paint this picture for people. So June, this happens initially. Yeah, this happens in June. So this is what September twenty. This is this is, this is October the second, I believe. Okay, October second, same after, year. Two days after my follow up with the Janeway, telling me I can still come here. Like three or four days after, saying I can still come here for care. Like I am yeah. still under this clinic. I get care from this facility. So. Yeah, and, and then what they're doing, going. what they're pulling now is telling you, no, you're 18 now. This is yeah, the same way. You need to go to the Adult Health Science Emergency yeah. Center, which for people, you know, non-Newfoundlanders, health science is attached. Yeah. You just got to walk around the building, but you're there or with massive. The there, yeah. yeah, so you're there with massive chest pains. Either you walk through yeah. or around the building. They're saying, sorry, I can't do anything for you. Go yeah. to Emerge. Yeah, um, I was so I, I couldn't get triaged at the Janeway like with massive chest pains. I couldn't breathe. I was limping. It was literally like a Walking Dead zombie. Um, I'm there walking to the hospital. I was forced out of the hospital. Um, night couldn't go the way of the tunnels. Forced out of the Janeway. I had to walk around. I was literally like limping because I get again. Like I I drove myself. Um, this time and then like I told my mom like to come here because like it was an emergency. Um. So like I was literally limping outside the hospital. I'm sure if they checked our cameras, they'd see me. It probably took me like 10, 15 minutes. And like, this isn't like too long of a distance, but like when you're in this much pain and misery, it, it, it felt like hell. Um, so I was practically like near crawling to the hospital. At that point. Like, I, I literally like collapsed on the side of the sidewalk. I had to sit down for a second um, after being kicked out of the Janeway. So I get to health science eventually like 10 minutes later. Um, I was sitting at the triage desk for about reception desk for about like 30 minutes before I got looked at. Like I was just sitting in this chair and no one was doing anything. I couldn't breathe. Couldn't do anything. Like the, the did, healthcare was. Did anybody so kind of so see bad. your condition and say like, sir, yeah, like, are you people, okay? Like, people what? around me. Yeah. People around me were asking like other people who were there for, um, other injuries or whatever. Um, they were like around me and they were trying to like, get their attention and stuff. Like I, I was like, so my head down like that, like nodding back up and down. And I think, yeah, 23 minutes later, yet again, triage, told them my history of embolisms. They did an EKG sent back down just to sit there. Mom got there shortly after. I think I'll speed this up, speed this part up here a little bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so like, I, and 
what happened after, I get another VQ scan because I want to see some more blood clots. Um, so long story short, this entire hospital trip, it was just they did a chest X-ray and a VQ scan, and that took sixteen hours. I was in the hospital for sixteen hours, massive chest pain, in, and in then, distress, in acute distress, in distress kicked, kicked out, kicked out of the Janeway, all that, like all those details. I was like, I was forced out of the hospital. Like, it's just not, not allowed whatsoever. Yeah. Um, like, they're supposed to treat me. Like, I was under the care of them. So, well, your, to, and but, your specialist would have known you. So, there wouldn't have been this long yeah, winded so, like, all transfer. All doctors didn't know me. Yeah. And, and some other doc has to go through your file and understand who you are and what's going on. And then, depending on what they believe about all this stuff, may have treated you differently or, yeah. you know, better or worse. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, so um, the doctor there, after 16 hours, she looked through the scans, and like, I was still in like, a lot of stress. She told me I had more embolisms, and I was just like, I was like, no, like, like, like how? Like, I, four, and, like, I, I couldn't even imagine what would happen, because four days ago, the doctors were giving me like my personal decision if I wanted to sip off the medication or not, and like, I didn't feel safe. And that's the blood thinners we're and talking then, about, yeah, right? Yeah, blood thinners. Yeah. And then like four or five days later, I'm supposed to be under the care, but like no, I got kicked out, had to go through health science. And I'm diagnosed with more blood clots, and I am just like like so fed up. Like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Like so many things are running through my mind at this point. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. Like what my future holds. Like it's just like yeah, like the most depressing thing ever. You're like like I got this vaccine here in June. Um, I got chest pains then. Like took embolisms then. Took embolisms now. Yeah. So like they're they're like racked up. So, like I think it's like eight plus embolisms at this point. Like eight or nine. Um, maybe even ten. Like it it was bad. Um, but like not as bad as the first one back in June, but like still the same pain. I knew the pain. I went back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that happened. So were you on the blood thinner then, or did you opt oh, yeah. out of it? I was, I was on the blood thinner. So you were still cause... on it at this admission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they wow. didn't keep me overnight, but like I was there 16 hours. Just like, okay, I yeah, go on. Like you're on the blood thinners. You're fine. Like just something like that. I'm like, like, I'm fine. Like, okay, so no, yeah. no new treatment. Just go home. You're on your blood thinners. Go home. Painkillers, blood thinners. I had exams like two days later. I literally had to write my exam. Like I'm, I went to the school, wrote my exam on like morphine. Like I was like off this planet. Like Jesus. just trying to get done. Um, but no, I did go to the after. And like at the same time, like, uh, Mon was trying to fight with me and everything, and like, this is this is just like I I couldn't do much, say too much about it really, because like, I was having my health at risk, like like was at risk, like I wasn't feeling well. Sorry, that's my dog of, again. <laughs> yeah, like my health was really bad, like yet again, like I took another embolism, another few embolisms, and then uh, I have Mon contacting me saying I switched my classes, stuff like that. So I'm just like, like, no, like I, I, I was just like sitting back on my bed. Like I couldn't stress about this stuff. Like I was already stressed enough. Yeah. So I, I didn't switch my classes. I stayed on, I stayed in person for that one class. And like that, that's how the Mon story goes so far. So like, we'll touch uh, back on that there briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's just like a quick representation of where that story starts right. and where my journey of the um, adverse reaction is progressing, I guess you could say. So yeah, like, so there's like two, is... there's like two stories going out at the same time. Like they're, they're kind of like interluding there a little bit, but like, you'll you'll get the bigger picture once we, uh, get further on here. Yeah. So, so like, this is early October. You're readmitted. Yeah, same symptoms, same diagnosis, pretty much. Although no different treatment. You're on blood thinners. You go home on morphine. You write your exam pretty much on morphine, 
And yeah. so what, what happens after that in the next few months? Yeah. So the next few months are like, like really good. Like I'm, uh, I didn't go back to work at that point yet. Like I'm, I think I went back to work in like the end of December cause I started feeling a bit better. Like I wasn't feeling well. It, it took a while to like get back to everything, get back to the gym, uh, you know, get back to work, get back to just like making sure my overall health was like complete. But like I knew it wasn't. Uh, I just had to like slowly get back to those steps. But, like I was feeling better like November, December, uh, that period. And I thought everything was fine. And then oh, just quickly, Christmas, are you are you back to the gym on the blood thinners, or did you yeah, opt off the blood thinners at on, any point? On blood thinners. I'm still on blood thinners. Like so, uh, so you're being cautious, I guess, still a bit yeah, bleeding, just, like, even though you're at the gym bleeding. and whatnot. Yeah, you, you just want to get back to kind of your normal life. You know, it's been yeah, probably it's like, six oh, months at this point yeah. of of dealing with all that. Yeah, and then especially like when the school was like trying to harass me and discriminate me, then I think yeah. too much of it because like I was under a lot of distress. I couldn't, I couldn't really like, I guess you can say fend for myself because like I didn't want to put all that added stress on my plate. Yeah. So they were, I don't know, it was really like they're them trying to take advantage of my situation. I felt like, um, yeah, no. So all that happened. The months go by uh speed up here i'll say like jan january yeah so new year's eve actually uh everything's fine up to that date i sucking like a few days before i started getting like on and off like little chest pains like working the way up so it's like kind of what happened back in june when i was saying like a few days before i took the massive hit i was getting little ones uh adding up so like i was like didn't too much of it and i was like you know like a little stitch or something uh like i said back in june so those happened then I come home from my friend's house uh, New Year's Eve. I look at my mom, and then I literally just passed out. Like, I'm holding my side. Like, I was driving home. I had a chest pain. Uh, and then I literally just, like, collapsed in her arms, fell back on the couch, white as an absolute ghost. She calls the ambulance. Like, she doesn't know what to do. Uh, I couldn't really, like, speak. I was just, like, immobile completely. Uh, ambulance gets there, goes to the hospital, check my, like, vitals, EKG, all that, like, blood work put IV in me, they didn't say too much of it. But at this point, I couldn't get the VQ scan for more blood clots because they said I've been exposed to too much radiation within the last few months with all these tests. And like wow. where I'm so young, they can't they can't do it. So they're like, you're in, you're in your blood there. And it's like, like, we don't like why you, you keep getting all this pain. Because like the, the percent, I'm pretty sure like the percentage of you uh, having a recurrent episode or any pain is like, it's like 1% one, 1 while you're on blood thinners. So I'm like, like what are the yeah, odds? Like, I come back. I, I, I'm would... back. I'm here at the ER. In total, like four or five visits since June with chest right, pain. Right, and you're still so, on like, the blood thinners, and you yeah, would I'm think that that would keep you out of there. If, right? Yeah. So, so this is you said New Year's Eve. This is when New, this New, happened. This is yeah. This is New Year's Eve. I get home from my friends. You just and... you nearly faint, and and essentially you're waking up. In yeah, I, I completely, and... I completely, completely passed out. Massive chest pain. Like I couldn't really breathe. And the ambulance got there. I literally like, wow. like everyone came to realize each one's in the ambulance. And I just like looks on like looking around like what's happening. Um, yeah. So I get there, and the doctor like like I'm gonna be like distracting them, but like um, she comes over and she's like talking to me, and I was like, yeah, like you know, like this is like really upsetting. Like, I can't get the scanner or anything like that. Like, I'm not too upset about that because like, I, I have a feeling it's going to be like, another blood clot or something. And I was like, like, I really just want to get back to my normal life, like, uh, before this vaccine and everything. Like, this has ruined my life. I was like, I can't play hockey. I can't play any sports whatsoever. 
And she's like, oh, no, like, you can still play hockey on it. And I was like, oh, I don't like it. Like, no, I can't. Like, anything to the head, like, up here, like, I'm gonzo. Like, the fact she even, like, said that to me, like, I could still play hockey. I was like, like, are you kidding? Like, how can I trust you? Like, right. how how are you saying that to me? Like, I, I feel like I know way more than you do. And you, like, went to school for this. Like, not trying to be disrespectful or anything yet again. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the fact but... she even said that to me, I was like, like, how do I trust you? So like, uh, well, anyways, I mean, at, at this point in your experience of the last six to eight months, it's like, who do yeah. you trust? So, so this this hospital visit here was like like short and sweet. They looked over me. I was only there for like six, like seven, eight hours. I think that was a short and sweet one. Like that's what I consider mm. short and sweet. Yeah. They looked yeah. at my vitals, send me home, you on your medication, you'll be fine, type thing. So, yeah. But, but uh, no, no new fun. meds though. No new no, meds, no, no, no and meds you're after nothing, fainting nothing. now. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. just if, if nobody was around you, all the what ifs. Same, same and then... spot. It's still on that same spot, like near my heart and everything. Um, yeah. So that happens. And then here I am one evening. So I'm going to get back to the month story because after this, like my health is like slowly getting back. Like I took a few days off from the gym, get back, uh, um, all that, and then get back to the month story here now. So I was registering for my second semester here at Memorial. Um, and then the day before my classes, I go to check for all my materials. So I just purchase all my materials, stuff like that, for my upcoming courses, because I wanted to be well prepared for the next day, which is Monday. And that's when everything started. So, uh, Mon issued plan here that they were going to get everyone back in person the start of February. So, back in December, they were contacting me my medical exemption and like trying to revalidate it. And I was like, uh, okay, like, I was like, is it okay if I use the same form I sent you back in September so I can use that for this upcoming semester? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, like no worries. Like, that's that's fine, everything like that. And I was like, so, okay, like, I don't have to resubmit it or anything like that. And they're like, no, like, no, no worries. So, like, even, like, I sent that form to, like, three-plus committees at MUN. Like, they all have yeah. that on file. It's on my records. And I get an email the day before my classes saying I've been deregistered from all my courses, even though everything is online. And it literally said because my vaccination status wasn't met. And I, it literally said on the bottom of the email, like, I can't even, like, hold on, I have to read, I don't read this out here. Yeah. It's like, like, support it. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, if your vaccine, if your vaccination status has changed and you are now vaccinated, please complete the vaccine declaration form, which um, this form here, keep in mind has no checkbox if you're medically exempt. Hmm. So I like I did that form back in September and I told them I was like there's no checkbox here saying you're medically exempt. So I, I made them aware of that. And I had my form to uh, support everything, but I still did the declaration form. I just like it wasn't like you know like entitled to me. Like I just had to say I'm there wasn't even any of like partially vaccinated. I said like I'm like vaccinated and then I had to send my form. So like initially, like I, I wasn't like I'm not fully vaccinated. And it's like if your vaccination status has changed and you are now vaccinated, please contact and everything. And it's like if you have questions about register registering once you are fully vaccinated and your declaration form is completed, like please contact. I'm like I, I like right here, like I'm just like initially like, I'm in so much shock. I'm like, like like wow, like I was like in the hospital a week ago. Now I'm f- here fighting for my education and like yeah, again, I was being discriminated. This has all started back in October when they were discriminating me right as soon as when i got out of the hospital they were trying to force me to go in uh online classes and right. now i don't even have access to online classes 
So right. So they've I, taken I, I, you I'm, out of everything. The form yep. said that your conditions are unmet and you never even had a checkbox for a medical exam student. Nope. And, and I just want to make the dig here. I mean, Mun, talk about inclusivity. All of a sudden, it's it seems to be the greatest sin you could possibly imagine yeah. to be not just unvaccinated, but even someone that has gone through so much hell that you've went through. And now you hit this brick wall of opposition from someone yeah. and, and so an organization that's stripped. Yeah, your, yeah, your so education I, I, was, stripped. I was infuriating. I sent like an email back. I was like, like, I have like, like, this is a Sunday. Keep in mind too. Like, this is this is in, <laughs> this is intentional and like deliberate. Like, I'm here the day before my classes. I have everything purchased. I'm just waiting to get started. I go check the day before and see if there's any updates posted by my teachers or my profs or anything. Uh, and then I I scroll and I'm like, oh, like where are my classes? So I'm like, okay, cool. Then I check the website. I wasn't registered or anything. Check my email. Seen that email goes on so like i like so many emotions going to my head like i was like oh, in a hospital a week ago passed out yeah now fighting for my education and like th this is like so 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 wrong so uh i was kind of like, like blowing up all my emotions the first few days and like i was kind of like telling myself i was like you know like i have to i have to like address this like publicly because i was trying to contact them i wasn't getting a response it was a sunday didn't get a response at monday didn't get a response at tuesday they book a meeting with me. Uh, it was like two, two or three weeks into the semester, and I was like, like two or three weeks into the semester, like I'm gonna be so far behind, even if I do get back in. So I made a, I made a public announcement, like a public uh, Facebook uh, announcement, I guess you can say, to forever, all my peers to share and stuff like that to get the word yeah. out. Yeah. And yeah, actually, it, it had a good few shares. Things like 500 plus, and like if you want to check it out, you can obviously search me up on Facebook. Probably the first thing pops up yeah, there's a yeah, lot of attention ryan g-u-a-y yeah. you can search yeah, I'm on Facebook and then there's a there's a post going around like you said over 500 shares sharing his story i mean uh i don't know if you're yeah. having the reaction that i'm having here in this and i i knew bits and pieces of this but just the fact that but yeah again, like but didn't... once once you read my story you'll obviously get like a bit more detail and yeah. like like now like if once you read it it's, it's just so mind-boggling and like it's it's so 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 wrong um, yeah. but yeah, like, no, like that's my story with Mun. Uh, I like later on after the meeting I had two or three weeks later, I was like, like guys, like they're, they, they're telling me I'll be back in like week four, week, week four of, uh, second semester, uh, first year student taking on five courses. I, I couldn't do it. I would have been so far behind everything. Like it was just not possible. And, like, they still had to, like, re-register me and everything. And, like, I might have not got back into the same classes. What I got, like, you know, like, not so good professors and stuff. I was, when I would have just been given, like, the, the odd classes or, like, I might not got everything I wanted to. So yeah. I was just, like, no, like, I, I can't do a semester. Like, my, my head is just, like, going to explode. Like, I was, like, like so sick there a week ago, fighting for my education now. This is terribly wrong. Like, what, what are you doing? This is so inhumane. But like no, like obviously, if you want to check my post out, like go check it out. Like you'll you'll get much more detail from that, and like I guess you'll feel much more emotion from it. But like no, like it it, it was just so infuriating, and like mentally, it's so like I don't know, it just bring it just brings you down so much. The fact that you know it's it's a free free world apparently, a free country. Uh, but like now, kids can't even go to university. You don't have a right to know. You don't have a right 
to an education if you're not vaccinated. You can't even do an online class. Right. Like, like, come on. Like, right. I go to register for an online class because I thought I would be able to. You are not permit. You are not permitted to register in the semester. It pops up my screen for an and online that, that class. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm medically exempt. They have my forms. They yeah. said they're so eligible. Um, and now this is happening. So I was, I was like, you know, uh, I, I made it public. Got my word out there. Bunch of people were helping me out and stuff like that. But you know, like obviously, not going to school now uh, would have been too far behind. Sucks, yeah. obviously. So but, you're just uh, working and trying to keep busy and get back to some yeah, things try, you try, love to do. Trying to stay alive, really, because like yeah. you know, a few months have been hell. Um, yeah. And yeah, so so that that goes on. And my my uh, post brought a lot of attention, and I'm not too sure because I got a call from my doctor there two days later because I made a complaint on my post saying something about my QR code as well, and the fact that I haven't got a QR code because the government hasn't issued one, mm-hmm. and I have been un- unable to get uh, a hold of my doctor. This is the new doctor. They transferred me at the health science after I was kicked out of the Janeway. So hmm. that time in um, October there, when I was kicked out, I had those chest pains, went to health science. That next day, they brought me back to Janeway, and they talked over. They're like, oh, our superior has informed us that you have to move on now after that, after, uh, you know, like what happened and everything. So I, like, I was kicked out the day before. And now I'm being transferred because of what happened. So I was like, you know, like, okay. So this doctor here, he, he didn't uh, really contact me for a few months. Like, I was trying to contact him, get my QR code and everything. The government hadn't issued those issued those yet. So uh, I was, I was try, trying to get a hold of him, calls the office. People said they called me back. Never happened. Well, I get the call from him. Uh, he calls my dad. He's like, yeah, you can come in tomorrow for an appointment. Like, you know, we'll just chit-chat over a few things. So I go in the next day. This is here, January 2022, after my education has been stripped from me. I'm trying to get my QR code because every time I go into a place and they ask for a Vax Pass, I have to show a letter on my phone. And I'm like, like that's just like invading my privacy. I don't I don't want people like to know because like, they, they might think me different. They might tell their their colleagues, oh, like, he's not fully vaccinated, like, you know, it's just, just things like that. It's yeah. like, yeah. It, it's, it, it could be like, so, so hit or miss some people. Some people might like take it as a fence and be like, oh, he, like he has one dose of vaccine. How's he allowed in this establishment? But like there are people like that, obviously. And, um, and I guess the point being that we made earlier yeah. too, just the absurdity of all this, that, that we know the vaccinated can still transmit. So Ultimately, even if the vac- the vaccine saved you from severe illness, that's only a hospital metric. It's it's not a stopping the spread. We have more cases yeah. now than we've ever had, yet you or I can't go into certain places because, and, and if you do have an exemption, you've got to fight tooth and nail about it. Yeah, you, you really know? have to fight for it. It's yeah. so, yeah. so hard. Like, like, I couldn't even get, like, my exemption. I tried to give to Memorial. They still tried to force me in online classes. Right. Um, and that, that later on, you know, happened to get deregistered. But yeah, well, I that's mean, just how they roll. They, they like to, discri- yeah, like that's the way more roll. They just like to discriminate. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, injured. Ultimately, I you you discriminate anyway. It's horrible that yeah. we're discriminating against the unvaxxed. But when you've gone through what you've gone through, and then to also face that and the judgment of people because, well, you've only had one vaccine, so you shouldn't be able to get an exemption. It, knowing that everybody can transmit it anyway is just so absurd and it violates a lot of nursing values and doctor's values and ethics. I mean, first of all, the right to refuse any medical intervention. 
I mean, yeah. someone might, someone on the other side of this argument might say to you, you did have a right to refuse or you have a right not to get your second shot because nobody's, yeah. nobody's tying you down to give you your second shot. Of course not. But you've been restricted from all these aspects of society, essentially, unless you can get that QR code up and running. Like even, like you said, showing a doctor's note is showing it's, essentially it's like someone invading your privacy. Yeah. Someone like, has, yeah, someone has to be made aware of your personal medical and status they, for this they, one They see my thing. name and everything too. And I'm just yep. like, my, my date of birth, like yep. some ran, that, just like, you know, like say you go to a restaurant, some young, you know, someone meets you at the door, and yeah, because like, I work at a restaurant myself, so like yeah. I, I know the whole process. Yeah, and they have to essentially see that note or just scan your QR code, and then you get to sit. Um, for anybody yeah. who might be listening to this who's not in Canada or doesn't have this system, I mean, you should thank your lucky stars because it, it's just such an invasion of medical ethics and privacy to say that, you know, Ryan or someone who's unvaccinated just because of choice is not allowed to sit in a restaurant or can't get their education, you know, to falsely imply that the unvaxxed are some unique danger when, you know, you could also even use the argument if 93% of your citizens around you eligible are vaccinated. Yeah, vaccinated. Are we really worried that worried about the 7% that we've got to segregate them? I literally in, in what kind of absurd world is this okay? And then and then, you know, you look at the informed consent, fully informed consent. The definition in my fundamentals of nursing textbook is that fully informed consent is also full disclosure of potential benefits and risks, but also without coercion or consequence. You don't get to tell your patient that this is a consequence that we are putting against you because you've decided to opt out of this procedure or whatever. And then in yeah. the again, the argument of public health for the sake of the greater good doesn't even work because we're seeing higher cases than we've ever had. And we've got the damn passports. Yeah, it's, it's so this whole so, runaround. So not only have you been through so much in your vaccine injury, but then having to deal with this frustration and being on the inside of all this again, just being this 17 is, and this 18. Is, yeah, literally a week, a week after uh having being in an ambulance i guess you'd say like because i had to be rushed to the hospital so i literally passed out couldn't breathe yeah uh i'm kicked out of school just like just like that like right yeah, so so cool you've little, had a lot little, of little click up button you're gone type thing yeah. i'm like okay so yeah no like after that i uh i have another appointment with the doctor so this is my first time meeting this doctor in person yeah uh 10 10 days after uh it was maybe two weeks after I went in New Year's Eve. So I sit down, meet him. This is like uh like formal conversation. We're sitting down, he's taking off a bunch of things, like, you know, like general questions. Cause like he was wondering, because like he was he's hematologist himself, but like he was really wondering, he's like, Okay, so like now I'm eighteen years old, uh how have I had to go back to the hospital five different times for ER visits with chest pain? Like it's a it's a one percent, like one percent, like one percent each time. No, yeah. he he couldn't get his head around it. He he was just so determined to crack the code on this. Um, he contacted the top radiologist here in Newfoundland. They looked over all my files and stuff. Looked uh, back on files, like even like from of my lungs and stuff, just from when I was like five years old. And he connected the pictures from when I was like five years old to my first embolism in June. And then he called me back in his office. I was waiting there for, so I, I had an initial conversation 
He went back to check the scans. That took like three or four hours. I was like, what's taking so long? I was waiting in his office there. Finally, he tells me to come back in. And he just breaks news to me. Like, like this is this is like so mind-boggling. Like, if you're listening now, you're going to be like, like wow. Like, this this story is like a literal roller coaster. You're probably lost. Like, so was I when I heard the news. But, like, he's like, yeah. He's like, so I was looking back at your scans here. And, like, you, you never had blood clots. And I was like, I, was like, I never had blood clots. Like, what do you mean? Like, what was that pain I was experiencing? Like, what, what was all that? He's like, and I was like, it was, it was a week after vaccine. Like, I know it's a vaccine injury. Like, I'm, I'm a report has adverse reaction. It's been documented. It's stated. It is legitimately known. Like, it, all the tests that were ran supported the fact that I had an adverse reaction. Mm-hmm. So he now tells me, he's like, yeah, like, it, it wasn't. Like, I look back on all your scans. Like, I, and I was like, thank you. Like, he, after, so he was the seventh medical, he was seventh doctor, actually, to crack down this case. And he told me that this was, uh, more likely a case of myocarditis that wasn't reported. Uh, inflation high. He's like, all your symptoms were leading to that. So he, the same day, uh, sent me to the cardiologist there at the health science. So now I'm being told that uh, by Carlos and everyone, week after vaccine, uh, week and a half roughly, that it was myocarditis all along, and I never had blood clots. And that that just like was so mind-boggling. I was like, did not know how to process that whatsoever. So many things going through my head. I was like, so like, so I uh, guess how... j- just to quickly yeah, cut in like... here. So, so you're, so what happens now? This is June. This, this all this, happens this... initially, June twenty twenty one. Now we're at January twenty twenty two. This yeah. same month that we're recording this, you're being told essentially. I don't think you had. Uh, embolism this is, this at is all. after the whole mon thing like a week after and everything yeah like it's like... yeah so you dropped out of mon now another doctor has taken interest in your case and really dug deep and looked at even your childhood records yeah. and is now telling you i think you had myocarditis and i yeah, think he, he that looks you back because he he misdiagnosed like top, top specialist here with blood clots and he tells me he's like like that like those those were not blood clots it's like and and then i was just like like I was, and I was, so I was saying, I was like, so I was misdiagnosed. He's like, yes, like you were, you were misdiagnosed. And I was like, how, how does that slip by? Like, just, just keep this in mind now. Like, six doctors. Th- th- this has slipped by six doctors, two radiologists, eight medical pro- professionals in total, just falsely reported booklets. Like, not, not once, but twice, hmm. Jan- uh, June and October. They yeah. both, they all of them said I had booklets. How, how how do you let that and, go? How do you like how do you like look at me in the eyes and just tell me that like like are you not doing your job properly? Like are you just going off of what everyone else is saying? Like that's like the thing. Like are you just not taking the proper time and care and patience to actually put into my case? Because like this is like life or death now. Like now that I know I have something else, it's like wow. Like I could have exercised like two heavy ones. Like I could have picked up a heavy weight. I could have went for that run and like boom i could have just dropped out like on the blood thinner it's just like well, well that's like my the heart thing. Was, my were... heart was so my heart was so inflamed back then um like they never had the test because they did they didn't ekg but like they should have done mri of the heart obviously based on my symptoms that 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 should have been reported and that's what yeah. the doctor even informed me they didn't take the proper uh code of conduct or proper procedure of diagnosing a week after the vaccine like all that dismissal it all yeah. added up yeah it all the, came back to fact... my head I guess to, to, to put this in my words now, yeah. and you can agree and just state that this is right, um, what I'm saying is I yeah. think that healthcare professionals' dismissal of the potential that this was a vaccine adverse event led to you being, you know, having the runaround, 
And, you know, having this doctor whisper in your ear, there's a lot of hush hush because people don't want to assume or even look at the fact that this is possibly vaccine related. That led you to ultimately probably being misdiagnosed, that being the yeah. reason. And then here we are seven months roughly later yeah. um, after I, a summer, like after a summer where you've taken blood thinners all blood summer thinners and you're scared to do anything physically active because of the risk of a brain bleed or whatever. Um, and then you're being told you might, I never you, had you likely had myocarditis and you didn't necessarily need the blood yeah. thinner. And ultimately so, what that means is that if you did have myocarditis, You've been admitted to hospital, well, now three times, and yeah. one of those you fainted. Other times you had such severe chest pain that you felt like probably you were having a heart yeah, attack. I feel like my like brain, was, yeah, it was like, it just went going through all, my entire body. I thought my uh, chest was going to literally explode those, all those times. Right. And so like, so I, let's, like, let's like yeah. even just assume that you had a very bad case of myocarditis. Yeah, because like, we're no, here. Like, I, I'm being told that I had it. Like the, the doctors are now telling me, like, they're, they're, like they still are aware they know it's an adverse reaction like none, none of that has changed in stories like yeah you, to keep you intact and all that yeah but like like this is still an adverse reaction it was yeah. just misdiagnosed falsely labeled um so oh, it's... Oh, but the consequences what that means is that you were well you avoided physical activity because was, of the risk yeah. of blood clots but then you engaged in physical activity again which you know myocarditis maybe exact was, was exacerbated yeah right? It was made, it was worsened because yeah. how, you know, you've been admitted three times now, one time, two times you have horrible chest pain. One time you faint and, and hypothetically you could have died if no one was around you and you just laid yeah. on the floor. Um, the, even the other times you drove yourself there and your chest was on fire and you could hardly tie your shoelaces and you're a 17 year old athlete at that time. And again, you're thinking it's blood clots and this lung issue, pulmonary embolism, but now, oh no, it's, it's myocarditis and you've been misdiagnosed yeah, and here we are. Right. So, so I guess this is the, the update. I mean, if, if you want to do this and just put it in like a quick timeline for people, cause I know that there's been yeah. so many things to this story, which is, is wild. Like you might, you might be lost sort of like, but we, if, we yeah. So if you want to put in just a quick timeline of the major yeah. events here and just to outline it so people can look at it and say, this yeah. is what I've been through. Like what's my major events. And like, even if like, for instance, like if someone was confused and they want to come to this point in the video and then like sort of go back and like, this might help a little bit, like to rearrange the whole timeline. So like yet again, back, uh, government propaganda and all that, you know, was being issued back, you know, roughly, I'd say started in February of 2021. Uh, then again, I felt forced to get my vaccine, you know, by the government, et cetera, the mandates being rumored. definitely pressured. It wasn't a, oh, a decision so, so, so that pressured. was. Also free pressure. of pressure societal yeah. or governmental or ad campaigns yeah. or, or whatever oh yeah so then i got my vaccination june week week and a half later massive chest pains was sold i was diagnosed with multiple pulmonary embolisms blood clots in the lungs for those who don't know um then summer goes good then i have another chest pain back in um october and uh I was kicked out of my hospital that I was under the care of, even though I just turned 18. So there was a whole conflict uh, under that as well, because uh, I was still supposed to be under the care of them. But um, I don't know what, what happened there. They, I was kicked out of my 
uh, home clinic, I guess you'd say, and I was forced to go to the adult emerge when I had the rights and uh, I was entitled to go to the January, which is the Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. So that happens October, massive chest pain, uh, the way to crawl myself to the other hospital, the way it's 16 hours. Uh, yeah, di- you, you, you had to struggle, products. right? You had to struggle to get there and yes, then you had yeah. to wait extra, extra hours because the adult emerge is obviously way busier. Oh, so and, was bad. So, and like, and yeah, so like uh, June, yeah, again, like I was uh, in there with blood clots, like I still had blood clots, October to like blood clots. Uh, go back January and fainted ambulance uh, to hospital, sent me home a few hours later. Then I'm told later on January, like midway through January, I never had blood clots that whole time. There was no need for, for me to be on blood thinners. The blood thinners put more harm on me uh, physically, mentally, all that. That medication literally could have ruined my life. It was, I could have hit my, I could have hit anything. Like I could hit my head, could have bled out, all that. So uh, initially I was on that for no reason. Now I'm being told I have myocarditis instead of um, blood clots that whole time, which was what they were reporting it as. So I was misdiagnosed for seven months by eight medical professionals, and I found that out in January of 2022. And then I was kicked out of school for not having uh, the proper vaccination status with a medical exemption proving that I not have the second dose of vaccination due to my severe adverse reaction so that's that's all rundown of everything yeah yeah. so so i guess ultimately like with the stress and stuff you mentioned about dropping out of school if if you got the new specialist to send you you almost had to send another exemption like a new form that said like i'm still exempt you know yeah the same the same form like that goes for them and they told me I was still eligible to be used, and like I was kicked out. Like, um, they didn't say too much about the school. Uh, they were, they just kind of said my vaccination status wasn't met. Like, I wasn't fully vaccinated in the email. And this is no, this is no like automatic email, by the way. Yeah. This is email just like all, only sent to me, and it's sent to each student individually, who has failed to, uh, I guess, meet the vaccination requirements of the school. So now I was I was being obviously kicked out of school, being deregistered, couldn't go back. I uh, would have been five weeks behind if I was even accepted to go back. So yeah. uh, that that's just a little rundown. And like obviously, like the the medical professions at the both hospitals, like you know, like I respect like all the nurses there took care of me and everything like that, and like majority of the doctors. But like the fact that this slid by eight medical professionals until the ninth one cracked down on it, it's just like so gut wrenching. And like. I'm not the only one in my family who's been misdiagnosed. My brother was misdiagnosed, uh, told him he had UTI for well over a year, and he was filled with Crohn's, nearly died. So my family hasn't had a good run with this. Um, it's it's just so, 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 like, emotionally draining, damaging, all that. Like, my whole story, yeah. the fact that I had so many restrictions placed on me, I was limited to so many things. Like, obviously, it might not sound as bad as what I'm saying here now, but, like, if you experienced what I experienced the last, like, seven eight months like it's just well i i think so i mean especially just trying to remember you know i'm i'm only 28 but trying to remember 10 years ago how i would have viewed the world and what i would have thought of having to do all this and fighting for your life and then worrying about blood clots or damages and bruising and whatever else and you know just thinking about 
the implications that summer of what you had to go through and then the the whole wraparound you know now to realize okay well i was misdiagnosed and maybe i didn't have to go through all that yeah i wouldn't have to go through all that like i would have been cured like potentially in like like a few months like three three months or even Uh, properly none of this would happen like the whole thing with mon wouldn't happen and everything like that like yeah and and properly treated because you know the other thing is that myocarditis untreated and then also if you're resuming duties because you were misdiagnosed you know it's 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 a whole whirlwind so i guess Ryan, is there any anything else you want to add in there now? And I guess uh, just final notes. I'll I'll ask you a question. How yeah, you know? How do you feel about this whole COVID thing now? I mean, I think now, I think there's a lot of people that are sick of it in general. But given what you've been through, uh, we talked about the mandates and passports here. So yeah, what is your overall feeling now? uh my overall feeling is just like it's changed drastically from what i first experienced in obviously march 2020 you know like march 2020 it's like you know like all the fear being ramped up in the media and like i don't know too much as a uh what was i here six yeah 16 then so i didn't i didn't know too much about it yeah obviously and i was just trying to get my head wrapped around everything um and now like obviously i'm more educated 18 years old i've experienced how i've experienced an adverse reaction i know the feeling so like your entire like perspective just changes automatically obviously but like now i look back on it i was like wow like one one needle just absolutely like ruined my life um it's it's obviously gut-wrenching like i like with covid now like all these variants and stuff and like all the misinformation being reported by um you know like cbc all those like um mass media outlets and like the fact that they're funded through the government it's just like it's just one big like loophole that just continues it's just like it, it it's right. all connected now like the fact that i can unravel this in my head like I, now i just like understand everything yeah it's it's, it's like it's almost like you shouldn't have to at your age maybe yeah. right now because i'm diving down like some, that some people and... might think like you, like i'd be crazy or something or something like that but like yeah. it's like no like like i i've done my research I, it's like, almost like I, I've experienced it. Like I, I've experienced. Uh, like I said, I can say worse than COVID because, like, obviously, some people have different effects on COVID and like stuff like yeah. that. But like the what I went through to initially, I wanted to help stop the spread from other people. Yeah. But now, yeah. obviously, vaccines aren't working with the transmission rates and all that. You know, like it's just all bullshit. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think. COVID- ultimately i guess we'll say good intentions yeah. and we can say that the the purpose of the vaccine and the ultimate intentions early on yeah. in promoting it was mm-hmm. that we wanted we wanted yeah. it to be a golden ticket but you to want to live life to you want your life back square one yeah yeah and now like, here you are like, yeah. not only are you not back to normal your life has been uprooted from what you're yeah. used to and you've had i would say you probably had to mature a lot in this process of having oh, to go yeah. through this as a 17 year old and and like literally six, face 18 it's like to me like so much i want to ask too i know myself again as someone who's active and, and stuff like that like yeah how did it feel as a young person who's typically healthy to uh, i guess in in a way you've had to face your own mortality because i mean you've you've been nearly fainted yeah. you've been in so much chest pain and immobilized that you couldn't tie your own shoes so yeah like, literally i was tell, like I was tell me mentally how what that does to you you've taken this vaccine to do the right thing plus there's some government coercion but anyway you're here 
and you've got it and now this is the outcome and mentally how does that feel yeah like obviously like the fact like from being told in june that you're, you've come within minutes of like dying um because like your oxygen levels have just been like so bad stuff like that it's just like just just hearing those words like you've come within minutes of like literally dying at 17 years old it's it's so 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 wrong like it, it's just just like emotionally like you you can't even like say the words to describe it but like you know like it's it, it's obviously like so hard to process and stuff like that but my my entire um perspective on all this has changed drastically obviously like looking back on it now what i've experienced like the mental turmoil and all that like just mentally physically all that like i could have been treated at a faster rate and all that but like you know all this went on it's 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 too too much for words to describe honestly i'll say yeah um obviously being so young and stuff watching your life flash in front of your eyes multiple times it, it's, it's so 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 scary and like it's, you, it's you, dark you times know. i yeah. i can't yeah. fathom that again trying to put yeah. myself back there at that age and also trying to fathom that because if i had to go through it right now it's still like there's so much to be said about that but when you're yeah. when you're 17 and this starts and and you're driving yourself to the hospital so you don't wake your mom and stress her out and you you can't yeah. tie your shoes like you know it's it's shocking and and i guess basically ryan to like wrap up here how how do you feel about where we are right now with covid in the country and and i guess both of us agree that we need to find some kind of silver lining we've talked about the passports yeah. and stuff so how do you feel about what's happening right now in canada um what's happening right now in canada it's just so 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 cruel and it's just so down to earth um we're having like all these mandates in place well they've been in place since like the summer before the summer roughly um it's so hard just to like you know like look at people on twitter and facebook absolutely they're just like trying to destroy the emotions of those who are unvaccinated because you know like they not they might not uh want to wish to be vaccinated they might have religious purposes they have their like like you have you should have the right to be vaccinated or not like that, that's your choice yeah. that's what goes in your body all this propaganda it's just so so forced and it just takes away the whole purpose of like informed consent and everything like mandates it's like okay like cross this bridge here like i made a poster yesterday it was like it's like a bridge it's like a needle and it's like a job and money and it's like no one should have to cross this here yeah I'm like no that's what that's what people are going through in canada like it's just yeah so, it's it's so, so you know if, if you're on the fence about the decision well all of a sudden instead of your fear and of then, the virus your job is on the line so your your, yeah, income, your income and your career that you might love with all your heart is now hanging in the balance of your decision on one vaccine. And this it's is your, Canada. Your, your body, your choice. Like I, I've like seen posters. It's like people protesting who are like, get the vaccines. And then they're telling me it's like my body, my choice. And I was like, well, how is it my body, my choice? Like say, for instance, if I had a good, like a good job, less income, I was mandated to get a vaccine. If I didn't get this vaccine, I would lose my job. I wouldn't be able to apply for EI. And then it's just like, you like your money like breaks down over time. It's like, like, wh like, where do you go on from that? You, you lose everything. Yeah. You lose everything you've worked for your whole life. And it's just so, so gut-wrenching and so cruel. Like how, how could this happen in a Canada where it's a free country? I, I, I like really, really don't understand that. And yeah, like, I, I, I feel, I feel for everyone who's like been, um, obviously like destroyed by these mandates. Like it, it's just so, so wrong. Like now I see just a lot of highlights going around, going around with like the 
convoy and stuff and like the uk and all these other countries dropping mandates so like i think now like we're sort of getting everywhere we're getting everywhere and somewhere like obviously all around the world yeah but, like the, the words the words being spread so i think people are finally starting to come to light with um, so, so how does that make you feel i didn't want to kind of bring this up because i don't want to yeah. politicize it because this again i don't know how we get so divided over something that i've seen oh, unity it, with but this, how do you how do you the, feel about it um this well, movement uh, like what was particularly happening in canada you mentioned the convoy so we'll talk about yeah. that just quickly so how do you feel I, about that when you see a video of the crowds and the you know the enthusiasm do you, do you feel like there's winds of change blowing that people yes. are, are tired of this i like and like the pe keep in mind like, people in these crowds are like a lot of them are fully vaccinated they they want the change exactly it, it, it's vaccinated like, to unvaccinated see, to, see, to see these categories divided it's just vaccinated like vaccinated unvaccinated like how are you dividing some of that it's like someone might not let you in your house because you're unvaccinated like how is that happening? Yeah. Like, I, I really like cannot get my head around it. It's, yeah. it's, it's just so it's, it's, it's inhumane. Right. Like, like some one of your friends, like might have a different view than you. And like you, people are losing like relationships, like friendships, jobs, stuff like that. Like, yeah. And like, it's not even like they can like apply for other things and you know, it's just like not trying to get like too political or anything, but like, yeah, it's like, it's obviously like affecting me to see so many people be affected by this. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot cannot picture it. Like it's, and, it's... and I mean, even like on a personal level, like you, you kind of alluded to families that are divided about it and friends. I yeah. mean, families that might tell you you're on back, so don't come and see the baby or don't come over and see grandma. Yeah, don't come and see grandma, stuff thank, like that. It's, thankfully, it's like... my family isn't like that. I mean, thank God, but I, I feel for the people going through this. I've said that, it's... you know, recently I said that it feels like the winds of change are blowing. Because yeah, and like, too... you don't know, like, like people on like Facebook, especially on Twitter, like that, like who are like saying such rude like comments, feel on vax, and like you don't know like what that person's going through, like mental health wise. Like yeah. you don't know what they lo you don't know what they've lost because they didn't get one single jab. Yeah, like it, it's it's not not fit. Like people have to come to a realization, which is happening now. This convoy is finally getting an uproar, and like of course now, uh, people are trying to go against it. Like people trying to intentionally sabotage it, going in mm -hmm. there, you know, with like inappropriate flags and et cetera. Yeah, but like these are people like who like they have no intent of getting the mandates changed. They want them in place, and they're just going there to sabotage it. And these yeah. media uh, outlets are just only well, reporting that. that. They're, that's they're, who they're they focus on. One right? picture. Yeah, they're they focus one picture on that. It's just, no, that's all they focus on. This, this the one person in that crowd of a hundred thousand who's there to ruin it for everyone with some yeah, stupid flag want. or said some stupid statement. And yeah, I, I've even seen where some of them are. are kicking those people out saying get out of here we don't want you yeah, here no, you have one of these people are literally flags. kicking them out because they they right. don't want this room this is this is a chance for freedom obviously yeah and like that's what the people deserve they deserve to have their voices heard yeah it's, yeah and this this is the essence of our country i mean i think like you said the, these people again not to get too political but these people who would argue against this stuff that actually laugh at these people who are literally standing yeah. up for your fundamental freedoms for you and the generation after you it's not, yeah. about, it's not about it's vaccine, not, it's not about vaccine unvaccinated anymore. Yeah. It, it, no. there's, there's vaccinated, triple boosted people there that are just simply fighting for the choice of their neighbor to not get vaccinated if they don't want yeah, to and to keep their job. To be yeah. Because like they're, yeah. they're seeing like, oh, wow, you're vaccinated. You're getting sick too. Like the, the spread. It's the yeah. same. People are finally, finally coming to sense with this again two years later. And I got I, this, this movement is so powerful, so strong. Like I really. Yeah. 
have faith in this and full support because what I've seen yeah. people go through these past two years because they're unvaccinated. Like people will literally throw dirt at you if you're unvaccinated these days. It's just like yeah. the the separation is just like out of this world. Like you, it, it's it's not fair. You Absolutely. can't you can't go you can't go with your haircut if you don't have a vax pass. I'm like like how are you gonna do that to someone? Like you can't go out to supper. You can't like do any of that. Like you can't go to the gym. Like you can't promote your health. Your health is like the best thing for fighting off COVID. Yeah. They won't tell you that. And even the mental They're health of being you. able to get in that gym and blow off some yeah. steam. It's it's, it's ment- mentally like like your mental health, obviously like being in the gym for me, like that has helped me so much through this. Like if I didn't have the gym, uh, cause, like I've been restricted to so little, like I don't know what I do. Like I that that's just like my my place to cope and like progress, I felt like. Yeah. And I've kind of like taken it to the next level. Like I I enjoy it so much. Yeah, it's, man. It's, and it's just my place where I feel welcome and everything. Like everyone gets along and stuff like that. And the fact right. that people are being excluded from that, like I, I can't, I can't get that around my head. And and even like further, I mean, depending where you live, thankfully we haven't had the full sweeping lockdowns. But last year, yeah. Ontario, there were some regions of Ontario that had gyms and restaurants closed for three hundred plus days straight. I mean, to to say that. And then get up and do a speech about Bell Let's Talk Day and your mental health as a politician. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's horrible what people have had to go through. I think we've gone through the dark and frustrating and isolating period. And I think this is the upswing. And I think that yeah. this movement, this convoy is a mixture of all races and backgrounds. And it, yeah, it like message for, the, for those exactly. And like for those who think it's like white supremacy and all that nonsense, like, you know, like you have to get your facts checked. You have to see yeah. who's involved in this. It, it's it's such a mixed and like there's it's it's so mixed. There's so many views, so many ethnicities involved. Obviously, like how are you gonna call this racism? I I, yeah. I don't get it. And like you're gonna point out that one flag out of a hundred thousand, that one person who might be um you know like associated with the government for saying they they're trying to just go against these people. They're gonna go there to sabotage it. These people are trying to kick them out because they don't want their protests peaceful protests. Keep in mind, they don't want it ruined, yeah. and they're doing nothing wrong. There's, they're in Ottawa, trying to get the word out. Obviously, some people losing their jobs. They don't want to see anything else be done. Because like I seen, I seen another post there not too long ago. It was like when nurses got fired, like their uh, colleagues you know, like didn't help. It's like when teachers got fired, people like just hid along because like they want, they don't want to be next on the hit list. Yeah. And like now it's like when truckers are being fired, it's like like their brothers are just getting together. And like that's right. that's so powerful. And a lot of them are the vaccinated brothers that stand yeah, by their it's... co-workers' decision to have a choice of their medical decision. It, it's yeah. it's horrible and it's getting slandered by these racism narratives. And I don't even know where that starts because first of all, if you're someone like Jagmeet Singh or Justin Trudeau who implies racism or misogyny is behind these movements and the decisions yeah. of the unvaxxed, not everybody that's unvaxxed or a trucker that's rallying here or any of the Canadians that are going to Ottawa, they're not all white people, first of all. So they're obviously yeah. not all white supremacists. And then I've seen so many unifying videos of people of every ethnic background and every just circumstance and environment that is rallying, crying, hugging, celebrating. And, and the media will point the cameras on the one bad apple who flies a flag that's stupid or, or says something yeah. out of out of key. So like, it's just horrible to see that it's being slandered because ultimately this this feeling, this winds of change I talk about, like this, yeah. this narrative is changing and it's crumbling. And there are people right now panicking and trying to cling on to it. 
Right. And like, especially like after everything I've gone through and like what I've experienced, like I can't imagine like if one of these on the vaccine field, like they didn't want the shot and like say they were forced to get it for their job. Like if they had a, a severe adverse reaction, they wouldn't be compensated with anything. Like I'm lucky I'm young and like I had time to heal and stuff like that. But like yeah. the government will force on you, they'll mandate it. And if you get hurt, you're just another one on the box for them to take off. They're, you're just yeah. another, you know, like person, you know, like uh, thrown away. They, they don't, they don't care about you. It's just like, get vaxxed, these numbers happen, they might pop up, they probably won't even be reported by half the doctors because they're too scared to report it. Yeah, uh, their, their hands are tied, man. Thankfully, I now brain. know what happened to me mm-hmm. after it was being hidden for three, four months. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, no, like, I can't, I can't even imagine, like, how many people are not being reported and stuff like that. And, like, obviously, people are going to say, like, oh, like, no, Ryan, it's just, it's just a small percentage of people of the population but yeah, like a small percentage of those being reported, of those not being reported, like it, it, it still, it still matters. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, and, like, absolutely. Those, those who have like, like your rights are just stripped away. Like now, like you, you can't, you don't have your job because of a jab. And like yeah, you, that's you look me. at the person next door. It's, it's, that's like, it's like me you look right at me. now. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's like it's like you looking at me. You're like wow. Like I, what he's gone through. Like what I've heard now. Like 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 no. Like like how how are you how are you still mandating this? After yeah. you've heard the stories, you're covering the stories up. You don't want this on CBC. You don't want this on NTV. This is not being reported anywhere. And now that and, I'm and finally not, speaking out against it, people are speaking out against it. And they're not going to. The, the thing is, they're not going to hear your story, and especially no. not to this extent, and covered in a non-biased way on any legacy media outlet at all. This yeah. new podcasting medium, it's its not overly new, but to, to do it for reasons like this, to have this avenue where I can do this and however many people listen to this are getting the fair shake of Ryan's story. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, Ryan, I, I think we'll try to wrap up there, but yeah. I just want to ask you basically, um, what, what, what would you like to say to other people that might've gone through something similar, uh, whatever their adverse reaction is or hypothetical reaction, you know, cause some people will still try to probably say that yours wasn't even yeah. caused by the vaccine. I'm sure that there's people I, out there I, ready I, to I pounce on that. Documents and everything I know, else. I know, but you, you know what yeah. they're like, but so what it. would you say to other people who maybe? in in your boat or to some extent can relate to your story about their own vaccine injuries what what would you say to those people and i mean everybody's different yeah. and but but just to reach out for maybe a silent minority or majority that yeah, are able no, to speak. like for like that like little percentile too like like you're not alone like like i hope you know like like obviously it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around this and like finally come out but like us like for those who've been affected like once we get all these stories and stuff if you like if you're um if you want to speak out like it, it's so helpful you're helping so many people get their jobs back you know like it's that, that is, that's just what we want at the end of the day that's why like i really want to speak out i don't want to see anyone else like be affected by like anything like just anything in this country like obviously like losing jobs you know being affected by vaccination having adverse reaction like like oh it's yeah. it, it, it's it's crazy, man. Like, yeah, I, I think I'm, ultimately, like, 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 like people are not alone. Like, there's more. There's more than you think. It's just not not out there. Like, we yeah. need so many people to come out here, so that these mandates can get shift. They get shifted, obviously. Yeah. And not, none of this happens. Like, like I, it's like, like I, I'm trying to get more people with adverse reactions to speak out, obviously, because like yeah. it's just so, so, so. so it's like, oh. 
yeah. it's like oh i'm like oh like, come on yeah and to feel that i guess that sense of community i know that some people might be yeah, more it, private but to know that for every probably negative comment you've received, I'm sure you yeah. probably received like 50 good comments I've, or whatever. I've received a few on my story, obviously, like with Mon, someone's like, you should have just got vaccinated and shut up. And like, I, I don't respond to that. I got thick skin. Like, yeah, I'm it's like, not uh, worth like, it. I'm like, you're going to tell me to like, I'm like, like medically, I am not allowed. Like, I'm not allowed to get it. Like, like, what are you not saying? Like, my doctors have it written. I can't get it. If I get it, I will literally die. Like, what do you want me to do? you want me to get another dose and just drop dead? And you yeah, can, like, the, wave goodbye and, to me? And like, those people are just so out of touch at this point, right? They're yeah, not thinking. And, like, and, and they're not even thinking about the ethics. Because, again, like I said, Ryan, nursing values. I mean, you should just simply have the right to refuse anything just because you said, I don't want yeah. it. I yeah, don't it's, it's want like a, it. It's like a surgery. It's like, that's it. Uh, when it. Like, are they mandating surgeries now? Like, say, like. Yeah, if like your like, options, your hands are tied, you, you know, surgery, chemo, or do nothing, and your doctor gets yeah. to kind of pick one, or you lose your job. I mean, it's it's just insane that like, we've come to this point. People don't get that perspective, too. Like, I, I want more people to, like, learn the perspective of, like, what I've gone through so they can get, like, a bit of a, like, a change of reality, I guess you can say. Because, like, a person who might be watching this might be one of those who are, like, bashing the um, unvaccinated. So I, I really want to, like, get my message out to you. So, like, maybe, like you can be more respectful and like you can kind of get, get the sense of like the direction of like what the unvaccinated fear, obviously like they, they fear what mm -hmm. happens to people like me and stuff. Yeah. And like, obviously, yeah. yeah so small, obviously small percentage, their like, feels, uh, their fears in terms of what happened to you, if they fear yeah. that that's going to happen to them, when they hear your story, they, they know that this is a possibility fully informed yeah. consent would include telling you that what happened to you is a possibility, and but like, we're, we're in denial. Yeah. And we're not steering anyone away from you. Like, like by me, like it's just like, no one's steering away anyone from getting the vaccines. Like no. if you want to get it, like you can go ahead. But like, exactly. I'm just saying like the, the mandates, it's your freedom. It's your body. It's your choice. At the end that, of the day. That's a good point yeah. to make Ryan, especially because we're, you know, we're pretty far along now. And I, I just, remind everybody you know this young man is 18 years old i yeah. mean he's got some pretty good insight into the world for 18 years old and and to even after everything he's been through make that final statement there about ultimately if you want to get the vaccine i'm not tying your yeah. hands this is just my story and go get it right it's, yeah. it's your choice that's that's all we're all about and that's all even this movement is about that's happening and sweeping through canada right now it is your choice. It is your body. Otherwise, leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think I think maybe we'll end it there, Ryan. You got anything yeah. else you want to say to everybody? No, that's that's about it. Like yet again, like I mentioned my story there about Mon earlier on Facebook. So you know, like search me up if you need to. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll include some links, messages. Yeah, if you have any messages or anything you'd like to send me. Like, don't be yeah. afraid to reach out. Like, you got to get on my Facebook. Yeah, I think it would be cool just to remind yeah. people, Ryan, if they do uh, follow you and, and want to say something. Yeah. And if you're someone who's a bit more of a private person, especially if you've had some of these experiences and you want to reach out to Ryan, I'm sure he'd be a great resource, someone to talk to. You're not alone. Like he said, you're not alone. It's Ryan space G-U-A-Y on Facebook. Right. All so right, and yeah, I'll no. and I'll include a yeah. link. And if, if you get some messages out of this, Ryan, and you and you can offer some support and some, you know, advice to, yeah, to people, it, it would be amazing. So 
Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it, Ryan. And and thank you for speaking out. It, it does take some courage to do what you're doing and to be this yeah. forward and vulnerable about a scary time in your life, man. So thank, thank you so much for this uh, and the opportunity to share it to yeah, whoever wants to listen. I, I appreciate man. the opportunity so much. Like it, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride, but like, you know, like I want to, I wanted to get my word out and like, I want it to be in a non-biased manner. So yeah. this, this platform has obviously helped me so much and I hope it helps, uh, you know, grow my word even yeah. more. So, you know, I can brush it off more people down the road. Cause like, that's, that's all I want. I just want to, I want an end to this madness. I want to end the mandates. I want people to get their jobs back yet again. Like I, I stress that a lot, but like, it's something so, so important to me. And like, you know, it hits so many people that are close to me and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to see another person go through it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. All right. I think we'll close there. So this has been the Overton Anchor, Travis Day with Ryan Gay and his vaccine injury. Such an awesome story. And I, again, thank you for speaking out. Takes a lot of courage, man. And uh, we'll probably see you again sometime soon. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity yet again. And it was a pleasure having me on. Thanks, man. Have a good night now. You too.